The Burroughs of Berea is a conversational podcast. We study the Bible and we talk about it. Not all of us are of the same faith, and one of us doesn't actually have a faith. And that's wonderful. We all love one another, and we're going to continue to talk about these things. The things we believe in and the things we believe about what we read in the Bible. Not all of these are necessarily true. Some of it is opinion and speculation. Thank you for listening and speculating with us. There you go. That was good. Yes. Oops, oops, oops. <laughs> you are listening to the Burrows of Berea. Hey, everybody. It's Andy. Just a quick apology. When we were setting our levels for the music, I kind of did a quick and dirty job, and I should have paid more attention and done a more thorough check. So Jim's voice becomes mildly distorted at a point or two, even though he is doing his champion best to work the mic, uh, which if you know, you know, you guess. And if you don't, then it doesn't matter. Uh, buckle in. This is a, an amazing and emotional story. Thank you. Just tell me when you're ready, Andy. He can keep playing. Oh, yeah, we good. We, we going already. Welcome back to the Burrows of Berea. I am Rick Welch, and behind the glass is Rocket Man, Andy Bishop. I don't know how to pacow and key, but I would, I would, <laughs> where I thought it possible. Yeah, I have been looking forward to this episode for, I think we've been working on this for about a year. Jim and I have talked, this has been over a year we've talked about oh, this. Oh, yeah, we're, we're maybe even closer to two, at least a year and a half. Yeah, my great friend Jim Beaver is here in the studio. Jim, thanks for being here. Beautiful. He is a he is a musician. Um, he is a when I say great friend, we go way back. It's like playing lawn chairs, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he's also lots of jokes. Yes, he is one of my. We always have a great laugh yes, when we're we together. So and uh, his son he just did what like ten minutes ago that just killed me. It was so fast too. <laughs> his son David was in our film. Which did you ever see that, Jim? You did? Yes, of course. We saw the we saw the premiere. Oh, you guys came and saw the premiere. That's right. And then you had a song. That's right. You on had that, a song on that's that. That's on that soundtrack. It sure is. Yep. On which? Yeah, my EP from uh, that we did over over here at Andy's from yeah, uh, running on empty. That was uh, that's you, Tacky Tie Publishing or copyright Tacky Tie. Yeah. It was on that, yeah, it was on that. Oh you know, yeah. I think you paid for the the. I think you paid for the session even for the movie. I think if I don't remember if I did or not. You did some stuff, and a lot of stuff was just other stuff. I think you that, already had. I, yeah, I, I can't. His his stuff his was stuff finished. His stuff was finished, and I think you you mastered the disc. And yeah, you also like, I think I did a lot of remasters to get stuff to kind of flow on the same album, kind of right. thing. Right. Well, I'm going to be quiet for a minute. Um, Jim and I actually played in a band together. Uh-huh. Um, we were introduced by Barry Johnson. You remember Barry? Yeah, I don't know if you know him, but he knew you, Barry Johnson. He was a roadie for Eddie Van Halen. We he introduced the two of us. Yes, back in the '90s, late '90s. Really? Yeah, that's how I got to know you. He gave me your phone number. He said you need to know Jim Beaver, and he needs to know you. That's how I knew. That's how I learned about you. Was through Barry Johnson. So Barry Johnson or no, Matthew Kennedy? Not Matthew Kennedy. Matthew Kennedy played at our church. But Barry Johnson had come to our church, and Matthew was the drummer. He played there for our, 
their worship band. That's right. Christ Community Baptist Church. You introduced Church. me to Matt. That, I introduced you to Matt. Spoons. Spoons Kennedy. Yeah, that's Spoons right. Kennedy. And he, wow. yeah, okay. absolutely. And then um, wow, that's after we met, and then we started. You started up the uh, sort of like the Antioch Lounge. That was the earliest. Early that's days right. And I sucked as a keyboardist, and I was like, "Why would you want me?" But so, what did you do? You like called me up out of the because that was pre-social need, media, right? It was, and he said, "You need to meet him." And so I just called you. I've always been weird like that. Like I, I do it on Facebook. I stalk people, and then I'm like, "Hey, man, I want you on my show." You know, <laughs> like whatever. But that's how nobody I met remembers you. what it was like before social media. And you, we all have blocked it. You out. had a studio in the parsonage across from uh, First Baptist Church of Hendersonville. That's right, and you would bring a keyboard, and I taught I you how to play key- jazz. And and you stuff. taught me how to play jazz. That's right. Yep, and the Cannonball Adderley. You know. Oh yeah, and we did like demos up there with Derek Sandlin. With Derek Sandlin and playing bass, right? That's right. Oh wow. Yeah, I've got, I've got a picture of that. I know it's like uh, there. And then we did the one in our field. I've we got that a, picture. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I haven't seen that picture in years. Oh, I'll find it. You it's, have it. I have it. Well, and then was spoons in that picture too? Yeah, it was all. We four all had of us. white shirts. It was Derek and me out front with some like goodwill. Like blazer or something. <laughs> it was like a profile pic. It's like, but that was years and years ago. That's kids, my kids this were, was worthy of my space. My kids were little at the time. And, yes, but that was um, it was weird for me, Andy, because I've always been a hack piano player, like just a you know a chord guy. Uh-huh. And then after I met him, no shame, baby. Well, that's just all I knew, and you know, I, I I learned the chords, and so I could get a chord. You know, I could look up a song. Um, and then listen to it on Kazaa. Does anybody remember Kazaa? Uh-huh. And um, teach myself how to do it, use the chords. This is before you had the Ultimate Guitar app, you know. Um, right. It doesn't matter, all the tabs still run. <laughs> yeah, I know. True. How, it's true. No matter how far into the future you go. Or pay for. Yeah, exactly. Or pay for, yeah. But I just, uh, but Jim was really patient with me, and he showed me the ropes. And so I learned how to phrase and... Derek actually taught me a lot on the keyboard. Derek's a phenomenal keyboard player. No, he's a he's a Jedi of the highest order. He Derek. is. Yes, Have you seen or talked to Derek? I'm pretty sure he's like eating like soup and floating rocks in a stump or something. He's, <laughs> no, he's. I think he's active in the Brevard area. He's, he teaches a lot. I talked to him. Well, see, Spoons and I went on with him to form uh, what was the first iteration of the the JBB stuff. Yeah, you yeah, know, and. Um, like the, that's where I wrote that ordinary people tune was around that mm-hmm. time, and um, you know he was a big part of that. But. Do you have links where I like ordinary people? Is there a way? Oh, that it's I, all on all the so like all the streaming platforms. So guys, if you go into uh, the paragraph at the beginning of this podcast, I'll have links to all of that, so you can go and hear some of Jim's music here. Cool. Thank Play you a little that. bit for me, man. A little bit for me. Well, it's not my key, you see. A little bit for me. There we go. (laughs) I have a question for you. Yeah. Can you tell me the earliest memory that you have when you first heard the name Jesus Christ? Is that the question that was potentially going to be asked to me in the previous session that you waited for? No, no. We can ask that later. No. That question I'll ask at the end. Okay. The first, say it again. To the best of your ability, the earliest memory that you have of when you heard the name Jesus Christ. Oh, that's a good and question. I guess not as a cuss word. I mean it as like in reality, like <laughs> like Bill Cosby's kids. Yes. <laughs> but my, but I'm Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. Um I don't know that I like can remember a moment. I can uh-huh. tell you like 
what feels it's again i'm visual um, yeah it seems like it was probably around christmas time at a church with my grandparents we didn't go to church in my family mm-hmm. um but there were times where we would visit uh particularly when i guess grandparents were keeping us as little kids looking back that's what it was mom and dad were getting free of kids for a, mm-hmm. a weekend or a week or whatever two weeks and I think going to either a Methodist church in Mars Hill or a small Methodist church that I now live like a, a mile across the street from, you know, um, and it feels tied to Christmas time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'd, how old were you? Would you say? Oh gosh. I, I don't remember my childhood in a like chronologically all the time. It's like, it's kind of scattered. Sure. So, I mean, I probably, like pre-kindergarten, I would say, like around oh, kind of okay. four or five, Three, four, something yeah. like. Yeah, that's when I be- became cognizant of the notion of of a god. You yes, know, I, I might have, and then understanding that what Jesus was celebrating that seems to be like an early memory, not being just about presents and Santa, although that was certainly involved. You know? Yeah, so, young child, which is awesome. Uh, speaking of Christmas, you and Christian Singleton together uh, wrote a song from my film Let It Snow. Oh, I remember. Yeah, uh, we did. It was a cool. It song. It was a cool song that never got. Somebody should release that. I think it's beautiful. It is beautiful. Christian's. Uh, she's killing it. Oh, she's super talented. She's, yeah. Oh, she's a Jedi too. That she one. is really. Yeah. And she. Um. Yeah. She. So I don't. It's on. It's at the end of the film. Uh, Let it snow, and it's on TakiTaiFilms.com. If you go watch Let It Snow and go to the end, you can hear it. But somebody should just release it on Spotify. Yeah, or we should just release it on it as a. You can do like a Tacky Tie, like. You know that uh, the. The soundtrack to the witch movie would be a good thing for you to release. It's cheap now to do that. Yeah, yeah. you guys have to show me how. I'd love to release all that because that all those guys. Well, you all know, the, and it all just points to you know it's all reciprocal. Yeah, you absolutely. know word of mouth too. But it's yeah. there's some pretty really cool. That was a cool scene that circa what what six seven years ago ish that? that when the music on that soundtrack a lot of the That's bands longer ago well no maybe not there was maybe some it was just six seven it was an years. interesting collection 2017 you know there's a bizarre, yeah, a growing music scene in even in just the Hendersonville area, but that was a big. That was a lot of people that you know, or in, yep. yeah, you know, that was a cool. I actually did. I only knew a couple of people. Annie introduced me to them. Uh, like uh, I'd never met the guys from Strange Avenues before, right? Wintervals, uh, uh, the Wintervals. Now I do know them. Yeah. I, actually, I, I didn't know them before, but I know them now. You yeah, know? those are um, sweet people. Lisa, too. Lisa, yeah, um, and I. We spoke. It wasn't too long ago. Um, they're doing really well. Yeah, so. They, they're yeah. no longer the Wintervals. They're a different no. group now. That's yeah. right. Yes. I'm, but. Yeah. But so, all right. So you hear about God. You're you're young, three, four, five years old, whatever. And so tell me about the time whenever you heard the gospel, you know. I guess when you heard it and it actually. Yeah. Um, that's a good question. I can't tell you the first time I heard the gospel. I feel like it was almost sort of like a almost like a paradigm uh, that like a common knowledge thing, like gravity makes stuff fall down, you know, yeah. it was that, that early we didn't, we weren't like practicing Christians. We weren't good at it. You know, my, my parents weren't certainly, yeah. um, but I feel like it, I don't, if it, it sort of was maybe even in the same time period as like discovery of God and the message of salvation, Jesus, you know, in, in that context, Sort of, I don't remember the two being separate. I remember mm-hmm. that's it, it, the name Jesus Christ being tied to 
uh, gospel, essentially the need for salvation. You're, yes. You're, you're not who you need to be to be able to make it in kind of right. stuff, you know? Um, I can tell you for sure I was like nine or 10 and for whatever reason, my dad had a thing about, obviously from his childhood with his crazy like church and God baggage and parents and all that sort of stuff we all deal with. Um, but he, uh, sorry, this is a little tough to talk about. I'm sorry. It's okay. It's, it's, that's the, that was the warning. Um, I remember he, uh, had a real like soft spot for Billy Graham and it would be like, you would not be able to convict him of Christianity in a court of whatever, any other day of the damn year, you know, but uh, yeah. for whatever reason, he would want to put that on TV. If it was on one of those like Billy Graham, crusades. this is your father, my dad, my father did the same thing. Is that right? It yeah. He'd been. be on ABC, you know, mm-hmm. and I'd be wanting to watch the Simpsons or something else. Right. And that's, okay. We got to watch Billy Graham. And I, and I sat and watched it and uh, was moved very deeply and went back in my bedroom and I understood the concept enough to, you know, say, I, I, I get it. Like I'm, you know, and, and I said, I'm, I, I, I see it. I'm a sinner. <laughs> you know, I, I, I see that I can't, whatever level of holiness that you are, I, I'm not that like, like Peter falling in front of him. Like I, I, I saw it, you know, yeah. but also saw the kindness, you know, and Billy Graham had a really unique way of making things simple, but also I feel like he, I think the reason why so many people responded to him was because uh, not just his personality, but it, the way that he would contextualize these messages, it was almost like it was God saying this stuff. Yeah. Like in just a heart to heart, like it's, it's not that big. It's, it's kind of just like a matter of paperwork, you Mm -hmm. know what I mean? But you need to know this and I'm not throwing you it. it, We we've made it very different and very hard to, you know, and and unpalatable for, for even people that are in it. Yeah. You know, in in today's evangelism culture or whatever, you Mm -hmm. know, but um, I was eight or nine probably. And that's, that was my, that's when I got saved. I asked Jesus to come in. I said those words, you know, I'm a sinner, but please forgive me. I want you to be my say. I want, you know, and, uh, Things were absolutely different from then on. Even as a young kid, I can re- remember like from then on out, there was like a knowing and almost like a, like I, it wasn't a big deal. We didn't go to church. So I didn't have a lot of, I didn't have to unlearn the weird handshakes and, and, and goofy right. emotional things that people that grow up in church had to learn. Uh, I, I had a very um, abusive and um, horrendous home life. Mm. Um, but that, from that prayer on, it was like, you know, I, I knew he was with me. I could, it, it wasn't like a hearing him talk in a room kind of thing. But from that point on, it, it's never been like stained glass windows with me. Like it's in terms of religious, like I want the person it's a, it's gotta be like a, a relationship or it's not right. Like I can't do the rules. Cause that's all, like all I did was not be able to do the rules as a kid. You know what I mean? So right. I, like, it's, you know, I've kind of gotten in and out of that a little bit, but I don't know if I'm even making no, sense. No, no, it 100% makes sense. And I think yeah. that um, coming, you know, I, I did as well. I had a very awful childhood and I went at the age of 10 as well. And so I had, there was no discipleship. I went to a church, um, Stony Mountain Baptist Church had a bus ministry for all of a year. And I went because the bus, you know, took me. It was a great babysitter for my parents, you know. And uh, as a parent, I, I would have loved to have had that when my kids were little yeah, too. Right. Thanks a lot. Yeah. No, but but you know, um, 
And then after that, so you're growing up in this house, it's abusive or whatever it is. I don't know what it is, and, but regardless, you have this thing that's went on in your heart, but yet you have this whole dynamic in your life. And so it's, you know, we, it's like, we know, we know we have that, but we don't, we're not getting fed by the word or we're not getting, you know what I mean? We're just, we just have it. Yeah. I mean, there's passages in Romans where it talks about, um, you know, in a roundabout way, it's addressing like, well, what if people didn't get a chance to hear, you know, I mean, it's like questions like, can God make a rock so he can't pick it up, you know, right. but, but some of that stuff bears, bears answering, you know, like I had a very unique experience over the last, you know, couple of years of my life in particular that, that makes this a profoundly important to me. Mm-hmm. And the, the, What's always bothered me is the portrayal of what God's like and the the abysmal failure that the I'm putting right yeah, ears air in the quotes, air, the yeah. air quotes church like the, the person what he's like actually what the dude is like yeah is a humongous like really big divide not all, not everywhere not with everyone but it's you know it's <laughs> No wonder people don't want to become Christians. Yeah. I, I don't want to be what a lot of Christians are. I don't want to live that way. Mm-hmm. And I, I won't, you know, and I did yeah. for a long time, but it, <laughs> I'm kind of jumping around and getting no, ahead of myself. No, I've, no, not at all. I'm, so by the time you get to the point where you're going to go to church, you know, when when does that become? Because when I met you, yeah. you were going to church. And right. So, um. Yeah, you've always been a Christian for as long as I've known yeah. you, I think. Mm, no? Towards the tail. Well, I was involved with it. That's a it's easier for me to like just kind of like right. cruise through. But um, you know, I, okay. I didn't like willfully want to go to church until I was like, you know, like nineteen, something yeah. like that. Yeah. It wasn't like something I'd you know, I might might have played uh-huh. about. I, I did believe, but mm-hmm. it, I, I wasn't into church culture. In fact, I I thought it was ridiculous. Like the you know, I made fun of friends that I had. I was in a band with um, some some local dudes I went to school with. It was called Chapter Eleven. Mm. Did, <laughs> you didn't record any of that. No. That was that was right before I met you. I don't. Yeah, I don't think I've ever heard the band. Oh no, nah, like, there's the every yeah. once in a while I'll get like a picture somewhere. It'll, it'll it'll filter down to me with a text message or whatnot, and it's like a picture of that record in like a Hendersonville Goodwill. We sold like a bunch of them like on the graduate like everyone was lining up to like like graduation rehearsal oh, that's awesome. and we like like stayed up all night in Stephen Hawk's basement and like burned Burning. like oh, I mean talking yeah. like Max L like rappers air oh, yeah. you know saying good, yeah. that's kind of the good old that days was the good old days. and I sold we sold I personally sold a like gobs of them but every once in a while they'll end up in like goodwill over on yeah on uh you know, or or otherwise, but yeah, there's they're not like available for streaming. <laughs> they're they're really they're like we found this like cool tube, um, like amplifier like that would go with a like a a record a re- player. Well, yeah, like a record or like a really more even past that, like um, one of those stereo systems, like yeah. the bookshelf stereo. That's what yeah, like, yeah, like a compound. Yeah, stereo. but it had like a really nice warm sound. So that was sort of our preamp. We just had like a, a dynamic mic and. Uh, maybe we had like a four channel mixer or something like that that we were just wow. like so we just like live played through like like the Beatles did kind of stuff you know wow. yeah but B J Wilson singing on that and uh, Stephen Hawk who's in a band called uh, Drunk with a Dumpster I hadn't talked to him in like a decade and a half maybe but yeah Drunk in a Dumpster yeah he yep. was the bass player 
Um, I lived with him for like a, a couple of weeks at one point during that time. Yeah. Yeah. So speaking of a blast from the past, uh, last week, Duncan Trussell was on Joe Rogan again. Uh-huh. It's just so weird. Like this is a guy I went to high school with and oh, I was yeah. in a play. Um, yeah, that's funny. And yeah. You Every time him, you say that, I've, I remember it. And I know he was like, on oh, again, yeah. you know, if you ever, when you watch Joe Rogan, if you ever see him dress up in a funny costume with somebody, it's always Duncan. Oh. Duncan's a nut. He went to West Henderson. And you know the guy. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I don't, I knew him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we weren't like the best of pals. We were in a play together and acted together and talked about it. I didn't hang out with him or anything. Right on. But it's just weird to see that. Sure. Like he's on, you know what I mean? Like Joe Rogan's the number one podcast in America. You know, and he's on it all the time. So Duncan Trussell's got a pretty big podcast. He too. does, the Duncan Trussell Family Hour. But anyway. So so let's get back to you. Okay. Yep. So you were nineteen and so you willfully began to go to church. Well, that's a sort of a a ball of wax. My father passed away suddenly. Mm. So I was 19 and my sister was still living at home. But prior to that, um, I, it was a very, um, very dysfunctional uh, family situation. My parents split at 12, uh, when I was 12, rather. I had two sisters and my youngest sister went to live with my mom and my older sister and I live with my dad, who mm. um, was uh, just a, uh, probably would be have have been diagnosed bipolar, like his father was, my grandfather. Um, yeah, that's rough, boy. But he was also an addict, in, uh, be it alcohol or otherwise. Like uh, things just got weird. Like some of the things that. Uh, you know, the internet's coming into prominence during that time. Mm-hmm. So, you know, uh, without going into a lot of detail, I just witnessed a lot of, you know, whether it was being screamed out my whole childhood uh, or um, hit my father sort of, you know, sinking further into a just whatever that was, you know, mental illness played out in, in palatable ways where you can hold it together in front of people. You know, there was a line out the building, of people wanting to get to his funeral when he died, you know, everyone liked him, but the people that had to live with, with right. him, you know, so. Um, I knew your father. Yeah, I know. you. I, I, I knew him before I knew you. Yeah, that was probably hard for you to hear, but that's. No, no, it's, no, 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 it's actually okay. He yeah. used to yell at me. Yeah, well, hey. He yelled at me because. Apparently I, that means he loves you. Yeah, I've, yeah, read, that. I've heard that before. <laughs> that's what, yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. I was in a band, I was in a band and I, you know, I cranked it, you know, I played it on 11 and he was like, Dynamics. You need dynamics, but yeah, Dick Beaver, good guy. But I, you know, yeah, man, bipolar, especially with addiction, is it's so brutal. And I don't mean to the person, and it is to the person, but holy crap, you talk about you cannot trust that person. Mm-hmm. You you do not know. Oh, they're explosive. Yeah. How you're going to make them angry, and you can't fix it. But all you can do is try, yeah. and fail, and then disappoint them and try and fail yeah. and just repeat that for I don't know a whole childhood yeah. like that's not that's not my story but I've seen it in other people and it's just holy shit yeah that's, it's a lot it's that's pretty and that's the pretty, one that you look up to that's your father well you're supposed to that's right yeah it, it, he was impossible to please he mm-hmm. was he was basically what Andy described there with the the unpredictability, you know. So what that does, uh, it's a, I mean, that's a traumatic thing for someone who is literally like leaning on this person for all, like, like it, basically it made my, my sisters and I have to grow up pretty early, you know. Mm-hmm, so sure. In a lot of ways that served me well through my life, but 
um, you know, uh, work ethic and just, well, this has to get done, you know, right. so um, do it for yourself. You know, now it's been weird coming back to my kids getting to these ages where some of these traumatic things happened. And it's, 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 it's been interesting. It's sort of taken me back to be it, accessing, I guess is a better word, uh, what it felt like, like kind of remembering the room, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like you remember where I remember, I remember recording in this room and the, like he didn't have the panels up yet. It was all just drywalls. And it was like, we put an amp back here. I think we tracked something like that. Probably. It was just so yeah. live and it was cool. But I remember like the way that the air smelled, you know, but seeing my kids at this age, it's, it's bringing me back to being able to like the Ben folds fives. It's so weird to be back here from that, that one, that lyric had in, in a Ben folds tune. Uh, I love Ben folds. Five. What's the name of that song? Um, fighting it, we're still. Fun. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's brilliant. More, yeah, it's it's great, but yeah. it's 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 been really um, poignant for me watching my son graduate, for example. You know, and remembering, oh, I'm I'm doing things a lot better than right than my dad. You know, and, uh, by the way, one ways, angry one angry dwarf and two hundred solemn faces is one of my favorites. That's a good. One. Yeah, that whole record is good. <laughs> that record, that, that record good. will yeah. cut through any road noise that you can encounter. You can listen to that front to back and drive the anywhere. Whole album. And it's, you're, it's yeah. every bass line, everything is all. It's a really great record. It really is. It was mixed by Andy Wallace. It was recorded, I think, on a four track or somewhere in just like in, in a trash can in, and just in Winston Salem. And and it's one of those mixes that I love because you can hear how rescued it was entirely in the mix. Mm. Like that's how it sounds to me. And there's a very particular sound. Rescued albums don't all sound the same, but they all sound like rescued albums, oh. and that's one of them. And that's the sound of that album. Not exactly because, like I say, they all come out different. But you can tell that one was rescued by somebody who really knew. Was what they were was doing. Stevens last night in town on that album? I think that's later. Is it? But I might that's be That's earlier. That's the record before that one. Yeah, 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 okay. yeah, yeah. Yeah, the one with like Jackson Cannery and all that stuff, with the, all the ragtime. Right, right, right. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Oh, God, that's good, good stuff. Anyway, we, we could just talk about Ben Folds. We, yeah. Talk about my, <laughs> it still takes me... My, my The environment I grew up in was so critical, whether it be in my like upper you know, extended family. Uh-huh. Uh, it, it was... It, I still am surprised when people like care what I have to say. <laughs> it's, it's true though, you know, with my, like, like Andy was talking about with the, the unpredictability, you know, you, you develop coping mechanisms where you're hyper alert of everything. So that, that can be exhausting in your childhood sure. you know, or into your adulthood and things that work when you're 20, you don't have the bandwidth to do anymore, you know? Yeah. So, uh, but all of that to say, you know, it was it was determined that you in my house the only way you have to go to college, you have to get perfect grades, you have to get straight A's mm-hmm. without support or any you know uh, thing, so that you can get these magical things called scholarships. And that's you know, it was almost like a South Park episode, or <laughs> yeah. you know, like underpants, you know, yeah. like and then profit, you know, yeah. like it doesn't exactly work that way. But you're 17 and you've you've grown up, you know, in a I could sum up a lot just by if you've ever read uh, Hillbilly Elegy mm. or seen the movie. It was it wasn't like as backwoods barefoot as that, but it was along those lines. Mm-hmm. You know, my mom discharged a firearm in, in our house because she hadn't slept in twenty eight days at one point, and the the whole yard was full of police cars when the school bus dropped us off at home. Oh wow! Uh, that was that's just the tip of the iceberg. And then you grow up in this environment, you don't realize how it still feels like I'm 
looking for attention and like milking is a better word. When I, when I describe these things to people, it feels like I'm like, I, I feel, I mean, I was there, I felt it, but like, it'll sort of be like, you've conditioned yourself for it to not be like re-traumatizing every time you think about it. Mm -hmm. But when I say things out loud, like I'll tear up because I'm like, and I've said things to my wife before about my childhood and she would like, look at me and I would finish just sort of talk, telling a story or whatever. And, (laughs) And I look, and her mouth is like a gape, like, huh? You want me to make you some cookies or something? Like it's, it's, you know. Now she, she. It's it's funny. Understanding your own life is making guesses based on not the things you've experienced, but the things that have happened around you. It's really weird. Mm. It's really weird. It's like that whole unreliable narrator thing. You, I don't know. It is amazing mm-hmm. how desensitized you can be to life because of trauma and things like that. That's because, true. you know, we we can talk about things. I, I mean, I, from my own personal experiences, I can say things now um, only because I went through cognitive behavioral therapy. For Did you month. really? Oh, I love it. Oh, I've, it's wow. the greatest therapy in the world. I love no it. No kidding. Oh yeah, well, I love it. And my wife's a social worker. She's really yeah. She's a master of social work. So she's yeah. So yeah. I went through um, and I needed it, and I'm glad that I did it. It was life saving, and um, that's amazing. Yeah, and so when I did, uh, I learned that a lot of things that I was saying, like there, I wasn't feeling emotion because I really wasn't feeling. I wasn't feeling anything, you know. And the beauty about cognitive behavioral therapy is you don't go through your past; you actually deal with your present. And that's from at least the therapy that I went. Right. We didn't, he, as a matter of fact, he's like, we're not even going to talk about your past. We're going to talk about how you're responding to things right now, which was wild because I always wanted to go back to my past, but he wouldn't let me. And I, and I always thought, why hasn't he let me tell you? Because I'm giving you the reason why I think, no, that's not what we're worried about. We're worried about what you're doing right now. And we got down to the basics. It was amazing. I love that therapy. I don't know how everybody else's CBD went, but that's how mine did. And it changed my life radically because everything came out in anger for me like it didn't matter what it was it always would it would peak through Uh, anger you know so but we talk to other people who have not been traumatized like we were and it's like matter of fact and to them it's it just levels them and they're like what right and you watch them have emotion you're like oh like why are you having them (laughs) yeah and with me like my particular way that i i sort of with with all the like trauma responses the fight what was it freeze fight whatever the in the flight. flight that's what, and then there's a fourth one that's emerging they're calling fawn hmm. which is kind of where you all like you can't stop the grown-up from being this way you're not hmm. really unless you kill them i yeah. did think about that a, a time or two that's how bad i mean that's just the reality sure, of, of it you know so we're i'm forced to try to find a college my sister is attending a college uh, in raleigh and um i'm so she's out. She's at, she's at this point. She, and she was the older sister that, you know, she was sort of like the, the parent in the house, really. Yeah. Like she was the one that was like, I mean, yeah, that, that mother is like paying the bills sort of, you know, but, and, and like, we're all like, we're all hip. We don't agree on much like me and my siblings, my, at least her at this time, you know, we weren't in exactly close, but we had like all like realized there's a certain symbiotic like relationship. And, you know, it was like the biggest insult if yeah. one of you would yeah. like rat on the other. It's like, what? Like, come on. You yeah. Know? Yeah. You know, what's going to happen to me, like for real, you know, and I'm, he, he rode me the hardest for sure. But, um, mom was, uh, 
potentially bipolar too. She'd been seeing a therapist and on uh, you know various forms of psychiatric drugs. Drugs, you know, my whole life. It's she's she's not been in our lives in a number of years, and she's it, it was problematically mentally ill. You know, yeah, to sure. be it, hard to have a relationship with. So absolutely. So I've. Sign up or uh, apply on my own as a seventeen-year-old. Pay it out of like with what I'm. To me, that was just what you did. Yeah. You know, you you had money. You had to buy the things because you're a damn grown up at right. sixteen, seventeen, whatever. Really, and I and I pay the money and I apply. I go to take the SAT, all that stuff that we're. I'm like, my wife wants to like really tenderly like walk my boy, and it's like it's a paradigm shift from. It's like what, what the heck? like. Just go, just drive to the thing and park the car. He didn't have a license well, if yet. If it you know? was well, important, well, you know, like, you'd figure it out. Right. You know, I mean, it's not quite that, that, that's, that's hyperbolically. Yeah. Right. Which is what, you know, uh, many of us kind of grew up with, you know. Right. So anyway, I, I get accepted to NC State University. Uh, I was the only college I applied to. Um, wow. I got in and I, I Christmas tree the last <laughs> half of the SAT and I got an 1100 on it. So it was enough to like, I just asked the guy, like, is this enough to get in? Yeah. This, it's probably, I mean, you know, you could take it again and get better. Yeah. But is it good enough to get in? Like I, I, I'm thinking I have to pay $75 and sit here in this like room that doesn't have air conditioning at Hendersonville high school. And like, you know, back <laughs> several presidents ago, however long ago that was, you yeah. know? So, um, you know, I get in and my dad decides to go on a, like a little mini, three weekend three week three day weekend vacation to atlanta to see jeff back uh, so not only is he not taking me he's doing that while i have to make two trips mm -hmm. back and forth to move myself into a dormitory at Raleigh. Uh, and so that's that was my entry into i'm out of the house fine but i was so glad to be out from under that that it was a really you know special freeing time mm -hmm. uh, two weeks into my stint at nc state the uh they had these uh whiteboards on every dorm room you know and mm -hmm. i was my best friend at the time that i'd gone to high school with we were we were roommates but he was um he was way into the the footballs and you know i like football more now than i ever did when i was a kid you know mm -hmm. but uh, at, at the time I, I just didn't have bandwidth for stuff like that and so when i finally get to college he's uh he's kind of been hanging out with the the football team and he's like he ended up going into the uh like sports medicine or training, mm. training in particular, he does for some like pretty prominent, like college football. He's like the trainer, the uh, equipment manager, essentially mm -hmm. he runs that department for them. So he's like a, a couple of the big schools. So, but all of that to say, he, he wasn't the friend that I had that in high school. Right. You know, so two weeks into that, I get this uh, message on this whiteboard on my dorm. That's, you know, come to room such and such gym. And it's like two floors up or one floor up, and I go knock on the door, and it was John Shepard's son, Justin, who we. Oh. I used to go over to John's house, and Dad would him a jam or fix amps or whatever, and and Justin when I would like play video games upstairs. I mean, I'm sure they were downstairs smoking weed or whatever, you know. So it's John like, Shepard, just to give everybody like so they know who it is, that band that I was playing in that your father would you know right. was like doing sound and talking about with us. Right. John Shepard hmm. was the guitar player in that band, and that is. Yeah, so that's the relation. So I knew John through the band, and then that's how I met your father. Right that's on. Right. Yeah. right on. Neat. Yeah, it is neat. So it was. I fell in like with a bunch of dudes from Hendersonville and Raleigh. Like yeah. I'd never met any of them, or maybe I'd met them a couple of times. You know, Justin and I were had been pretty tight. Yeah, as young kids, and 
during high school kind of had lost touch, but yeah, I still talk to Justin every once in a while. But really, I yeah. saw John the other day. Is that right? Yeah, I haven't seen John in a while. Yeah, but yeah, Justin's precious people, man. Just out of curiosity, had you already started playing the guitar at this point in your life? Oh, uh, we'll see that so we're jumping all around, but that's uh, yeah, that was my dad was a guitar player, obviously. You yes, know, he was a producer and uh, an engineer at like West Sound Shop and some of the places in Asheville. So I grew up like going in recording studios and stuff. Mm-hmm. I didn't know how to change the oil in my car, you know, but you know, I could, I could solder a Stratocaster pickup pretty early on. Oh, wow. Know? Or at least understood it enough to, you know, burn myself, but maybe you could still hear, you know? Yeah. So I, dad wouldn't teach me. Hmm. Your hands aren't big enough or you, 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 you gotta wait till you're older. But mom had like this, like, <laughs> like barbed wire, Stella, like Sears robot guitar laying around, you know, that God, I wish, I hope she still has. I, Lord, I hope she does. That's that thing's probably worth like five grand. I just, because of the time, you know, it's like sure. pre war stuff. But, um, at the time it was like, bling, 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 you know? <laughs> oh yeah. Those yeah. things are rough. I, the, the people that tried to learn on those things. I am I, I am those sympathy. people. Yeah, yeah I was, oh, that's a rough end. Yeah, man, my first gig was on one of those. So. I'm kidding, it wasn't. Yeah. Really, but, but that's uh, she taught me a handful of chords, and I thought it was cool. And it was just you know, we didn't have like the internet back then. You know, we didn't we didn't have cable TV. We might not have even had like TV TV where we lived. I don't. You know, um, it, it was uh, until like other than like you know like rabbit ears. You know, like what what during the afternoon you could catch channel four and see like like maybe when power rangers were just first starting to come out kind of thing you know i don't know um but it was an early on thing so probably seven years old i was strumming some chords and dad like was home he worked second shift so i didn't see dad except for the middle of the night when he would get your report card and wake you up and if you hadn't got all a's or if you had like a bad progress report he'd spank you and wake you up to spank you because mom wouldn't do it and yeah so you know, it was it was probably seven <laughs> years old, and he and he found out or he discovered that I could play. And then he was like, "Oh, we'll do this and do you know." So he started. It, it was always sort of a pain thing. You know, I have not thought about this in years. You would hmm. think I've got I've got two sons that play guitar, and this like I'm I, I had one of those very poignant visuals just now of me sitting in my dad's bedroom with that Fender Bullet that I've got on the wall that my son plays now. Yeah, um, it's had forty five. Uh, different sets of pickups in it probably at this point you know it looks it looks like someone put it in a jeep and drug it through a cornfield i mean it's, it's, you know that's after i cleaned it but yeah um you know it, it it was a part of my life from then on it was something that we sort of shared and it was i won't say that it was always like the least problematic but if if dad and i were fishing or if we were playing music um as long as he was in the driver's seat what was happening he was cool. Yeah. It didn't help. Didn't, didn't hurt to have like a, a few dozen tall boy ice houses, you know, like that. He, he was that mellowed what, whatever, you know, he, he needed to be, you know, some doctor prescribed to fix or some sort of actual therapy, you know, yeah. uh, mental health was scoffed at. Yes, it yeah. was back then. It was. Absolutely. And my, my great coming to find out my grandfather's mother mm-hmm. on his side was like uh, schizophrenic. Oh, like wow. severely mentally ill, like hospital, like bed, bed restrained to a bed kind of deal, you know, wow. 
confined to a bed, I guess is the better word. So it, it run in my family, but it was real hush hush. Like I roll, your mom says this, your mom reads all these therapy things, but I roll with this, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. I, I guess what the kids are calling uh, toxic masculinity. Yeah. That was, that was certainly, I mean, my grandfather was chief of staff of Asheville police in oh, the nineties. Wow. He was in, on the short list to be, um, I guess chief of police and mm-hmm. he had some heart issues and he sort of bowed out and retired, but he was like the highest you could rise before being like the top guy. And I used to go on like ride alongs with him, you know, in, in the squad cars when I was, you know, real small. So, wow. but he was, he was very much the same way. So, so your dad, you and your dad get along with this guitar thing. So that's awesome. Yeah. But then, so now you're 19, you're at NC state, you've seen Justin, but, your guitar playing ability has really improved a lot from that time you first learned to this point, right? Uh, yeah, I, not as much maybe as it could have, but yeah, yeah, absolutely, right. And so, so let's take us back there when you're in you're in C State, you're hanging out with people. Yeah, I'm hanging out with these guys, and that's like a bright spot. But I'm not going to class. Mm. You know, furthermore, I haven't paid for the class. Like I had like a initial scholarship of like three thousand dollars like per year, and that school was like seven a semester. You yeah, know, even was, then, that wasn't even gonna it, get you through. No, there. no, no. Yeah. But there wasn't like any help. There wasn't like any follow up. Does this is called like looking back? Like now that my kids are there, like how negligent my parents were. But at the time, I was carrying all this guilt and shame for the failures of my life. You sure. know, up until that point and beyond, and. uh I long story short, you know, I flunked out of college. They would have probably let me go back with some sort of like, uh, you know, probation of something. They would have been happy. They want to keep your money. They want to, keep, they want to keep you coming, you of know, course. but, um, I didn't have the money to pay for the, um, for the, the six months I was there and ate and drank chocolate milk on tap, you know? <laughs> so I, I flunked out of college. It's the only time that I remember ever feeling suicidal. Mm. I remember being at one of the dorms down the street and it had like a balcony, uh, like an outdoor walkway, almost like a motel, you know, like at the yeah. beach, you know? Um, and like being on like the second or third story and like thinking how I, I probably won't do it that way or I wouldn't want to do it that way. Cause it would hurt, mm-hmm. you know? So, but thinking I can't, that was, that was the palatable alternative to coming back home for Christmas break. And my dad eventually finding out that I didn't yeah. go to class and fit. Like, that was like, I'm going to be murdered. Like, it, yeah. it's not just by him, but like the the shame of not measuring up to whatever expe- expectations with the rest of the family. My sister, my older sister, was an overachiever. She responded to the trauma very, very differently than we did. She had different, um, you know, friend groups and she, she hung out with a neighbor a lot. So I think she got an inside scoop on what like functional families kind of look at, or at least way more than ours was. Mm-hmm. The dad was a pastor. And uh, so she had really high ideals. Um, so for, you mix that with a critical atmosphere and you, you, you get pharisaical like attitudes and stuff. So yeah. Yeah. So my sister was like top of the class, always this, that, and the other, you know, she's got like a chemical engineering degree and she, Mm. she was always, yeah, that's, that's not one of them pretend degrees. Not that any of them are easy, but that's uh, a chemical engineering is no. Yeah. I've heard that there's only like one day of macaroni art. The rest is like real work. So (laughs) 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 it's, uh, (laughs) um, so it was it was like you're you're falling short and and I'm glad that I didn't of course you know uh, go through with any sort of plan but that was I, I just sort of determined in myself that I was going to tell my dad and, and and 
I came home and he had cooked a meal and it was like, I mean, there were some good times. There were some jovial, you know, we, we laughed a lot and stuff, but I remember it being like a, a nice time together. I, I need to tell you something, dad, I need to become real in my mind. I'm really like envisioning this, like really sweet, like acceptance, like, you know, I've, I've lived through some adult things at this point, man. Yeah. Like I've, I've, I'm dealing with adult consequences of my actions in this life. I don't need you to ground me over stuff. You right. Know? Uh, I didn't articulate it that way. Um, I wish that I potentially would have, I, I don't, not, not that that would have made a difference, but I don't, you know, it's not your fault. It's not. Thank it's you. not your fault. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Mm. Sorry. That's, uh, so he did, he, he like, Oh yeah, we're going to get through it. I appreciate you being honest with me. And you know, I had such hope. <laughs> Like, so it was like, well, I'm like, oh, what a relief, you know, uh, and, and like some support. And then like, he went to sleep and slept it off and went to work and he came back home. So goddamn mad at me. Yeah. And like proceeded to ground an 18 year old who's been buying their own clothes and food for three years. You yeah. know, I mean, but I was so terrified of him that it wasn't like I was going to like, well, hell with you. I'm not doing this, you know? Um, sure. And, and a few days went by, and I decided I, I couldn't handle it anymore. So I, I reached out to my friend, Stephen, and he came and picked me up in the middle of the night, and I brought my shotgun with me, and just in case. Yeah. And and uh, he took me over to his house to stay for a, f- a few nights. And my dad actually found out where I was and came to their door and, like, almost, like, got arrested for, like, art. Like, they, he didn't, like, go to blows, but he was, like, going to drag my ass out of that house. Mm. That's why I brought the shotgun. Yeah. So uh, I'll, I'll shake a little while I'm giving some of this stuff is yeah, still okay. like, you know. Yeah, sure. So um, I, a few days of that go by and, and I decide I want to go home and I call him and, and he's like, you know, we'll come on back and we'll talk about it. And then the next day he's, you know, locking me down again. Like, like I'm a, like a child, you yeah. know, um, on New Year's Eve that year, that would have been what, twenty twenty? I guess it was New Year's. So going into t- two thousand one, the year before this is this is the year before uh, the nine eleven. Okay, essentially the Christmas before the 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 uh, New Year's Eve. He he wouldn't let me go out. Like I was you know grounded, and uh, I had to run some sort of errand, and I ran into a friend down the road that I'd grown up with. Uh, I had two friends. I had uh, my friend Dustin and, and another friend and uh, we were, we were all kind of tight and um, Dustin and I really bonded because looking back now, we were both in experiencing very similar things. And, and often it seems to be a thing with people that they sort do. of resonate. They kind of attract mm-hmm. to one another. They gravitate. Towards it's it's one community. Another. I think it's, it's us healing each other as well. Yes. It's, it's that tendency, but um. I know I'm bouncing all over the place. No, dude, man. you're actually on target. So, where was I? Oh, okay. So, New Year's Eve. New Year's Eve. I go and I get some marijuana and I smoke it in my room. And I have smoked marijuana in that bedroom like uh, hundreds of times as mm-hmm. a child. Like, and no one said, I mean, it was, it wasn't like allowed. You know, my dad had this weird sense of like, you know, bipolar, like what's like morally wrong. Like some of the stuff that he would do stealing tools from work, but the neighbor had a, a black cable box that you could see all the channels and he flipped out that I brought that into his house. I mean, it was that, you know, it was the same guy that would do some of this abusive stuff was had to watch Billy Graham. You know, it's, right. it's, it's weird. Really. 
religion stuff. Yeah. You know, it's it's it is goofy. It is absolutely goofy. So I smoked, and well, everybody in the house apparently could smell it. And it's, he he told me to call my mom and maybe I would be able to stay with her. But he was done with me. He was kicking me out. So I got kicked out of my house. I'm 19. Forgive the intrusion, but thank God. Yeah, <laughs> thank you for that. I appreciate that. So slowly but surely, you know, I'm, I'm sort of making my own way, um, trying to get a foothold, and, and, and living with my mom wasn't a whole lot better. Um, she had, at this time, she had married another gentleman who was affluent, at least compared by, by our standards, but he was also pretty mentally ill. And um, as, uh, as I started to uh, sort of grow in, you know, stature in terms of like my estate, like trying to get my feet where I'm having my own, my own place and that kind of thing. I moved out with a friend and sort of worked my way up. That's where I met Andy was staying with um, Molly uh, and Kev. Remember Molly oh, yeah. and Kevin? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, uh, that's how I met Molly. Cause I was renting a room from oh. them over in Laurel Park. That's how I met Andy. And uh, he came over to the house. And it's always fun when people tell me how I met them because I don't remember. Well, shit. no, I remember this. I remember this is a funny story. This is a very Andy story, I think, um, if I do say so myself. But he, I, like, I had like a four. Remember those like Tascam like four track yeah, yeah. record on cassette tape. So I had like whatever version of whatever demo I was working on at the time. I was always cooking up something, you know. And uh, she was like, "Oh, you need to hook up with my friend Andy. He was like, like he records people. He went to school for it." I was like, "Oh, he did, <laughs> you know." And he like comes into my like basement that has like overflowed sewage sometimes, and I've got this like four track and, and play it. And he was like, "I'll tell you what, you, you like." You, you make me a fat sandwich and I'll record that for you. It was something like that. Like, what do you charge? Like, you just made me a real fat sandwich. I think I was working out of my bedroom at that time. So a sandwich is probably about what? Can confirm. Probably our, proper, proper exchange at that point. I don't know how many, uh, it's probably not as many as, as some sessions I've done for Andy, but I can tell you that we had to lean his mattress off of the floor and against the wall for more floor space. Yeah, you gotta to, make room. Gotta open That's the right. studio. Gotta yeah. make room. That was, that was his form of the sign. Yeah. Early days, the early days, indeed. But um, yeah. Uh, shortly, I, I'm I'm realizing the depth of. Uh, well, let me back up. My my dad dies. Mm. Um, the next Christmas, mm. and I don't talk to him for nearly that whole time. And uh, he invited me over. It was maybe three months before he, he went, something like that, and he. Uh, he just wanted to have me over and he was, he was just very somber and very like introspective. And like, he apologized to me for a lot of things, you know, I didn't at the time, I, the, the fawn response. Oh, so you did. It's okay. You had a lot, you know, like mm, to, to join sure. there's almost like Stockholm syndrome, you know? Um, but to his credit, he, he owned a lot of, without saying specific things, he owned that he was a shitty dad. Essentially. Yeah. Oh, is it okay to curse on this podcast? Oh yeah. Yeah. That's, Okay. I mean, you guys have been dropping out. <laughs> you guys, you guys <laughs> dropping f bombs. He knows how to hit yeah. the the little. Yeah. I want you to just bleep the words that like make it sound like I'm saying weird stuff. Well, he <laughs> like, says he says when he bleeps it, it actually makes it worse. I I swear, yeah, a, a full edit sounds worse to me than a swear. Yeah, does. it sounds harder and and more. What's the right word? I was gonna say caustic, but that's not the word in my head. Uh, it sounds. It uh, yeah. just brings more attention to it. It brings more attention. A lot to of times, it. it just you say yeah. the word and it just goes over right through. Yeah. But if yeah, you beep it, true. then you're like, <gasps> yeah. Then it's like, what did he say? Yeah. Oh, it was so bad it had to be beeped. Well. Well. 
So yes, uh, you just talk. Don't worry about what okay. you're saying. We're well, good. Yeah. I mean, if it's like certain things, like the f bomb, I did intentionally drop for humor purposes a minute ago. I'll, yeah, but I will cut. Those, we're going to beep but, it out because we do have kids that listen yeah. to it. Fair enough. Okay. So well, I'll, I'll be a little bit more. No, yeah. it's 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 really so fun. F you kids. F you kids. I spelled that with an e f f, so it's not the same. <laughs> I love replacement words because I'm not sure why that makes a difference. I know it yes. doesn't at all. A man and a woman. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so your father, my father passed. dies. And at this point I, I've gotten an opportunity. Um, uh, I've had an experience where I, I was invited to play, uh, with, with the, the singer of that band where we burned all those CDs in the basement, right? Yeah. Well, he's involved in this Baptist church, you know, uh, that's where I met, um, uh, the Stipes, Derek and Kevin. That's, mm. that's how I met those cats because they were involved with like the mud Creek church. And there was a little bit of like cross pollination in, in town, and um, I got to play guitar for their like youth service. I didn't. I'd never been to anything remotely like that kind of church. Like I, it just wasn't my thing, you know. But they're just playing all these songs in the key of E, and I was like, well, I mean, I can just like melt this place down in the key yeah. of E, yeah. you know, like yeah. like make sure you know, hold on the your oxygen master in the seat compartments behind you. And like, I remember finishing like the first time around and like people's eyes being like gigantic and, and and, uh, I wasn't there for Jesus. You know, I was there because they wanted me to go play guitar. There was free pizza and there was girls who were technically too young for me, but there were girls. There were girls. Yeah. So, um, I had an experience later on that night as they're, they're doing like, they do a lot of like breakout. Like it's very casual. They had like a bonfire in the bar, the parking lot, but I, for whatever reason, it struck me. Like I was very cynical. I wasn't any sort of sincere, like I'm, I'm a Jesus follower. You know, I'd had this experience with watching Billy Graham and saying this prayer, but I, I wasn't, um, you know, when I met Andy, I was in this state. Like I was a pot smoking. Like I don't, you, you don't even probably yeah. remember having to run me down for money. Like I would book sessions for you, and you would like have to like wait for me to come in the coffee shop. You were like, "Hey, can I have the fifty dollars you owe me from like September?" Yeah, you know, that's. I mean, I was I was not the greatest cat, you know, but I was I was teaching guitar at the time. And, yeah, I, uh, I feel like you were always teaching guitar ever since I knew you. Well, that might, I, that was pretty early on. I got an opportunity. Bill Altman talked to Mike and said, "You need to let this kid." I was coming to a lot of Bill shows, and you need to let this kid teach on. Mike at Tempo. Mike at Tempo. Tempo yeah. Music. Tempo which Music. Is a, it's, yeah. Yeah. It's been a story so I, yeah. forever. So I just started teaching on the weekends there. And, triple and the, Murder. Triple Murder. Do you know about the Tempo Music Triple Murder? I don't. Oh, it's from the 60s. Look it up in Google. It's still unsolved. Oh. The original owner of Tempo Music. Well, that would explain a lot of things. <laughs> I spent a lot of time in the loft of that, that building. So, yeah. Um, I'm kidding. It so, you, so you were teaching guitar I was teaching tempo. guitar. Dad dies and... You know, I kind of just go like it was almost like um, you see them like per, like you remember when the Saddam Hussein statue was pulled down. Yeah, I do. I remember uh, this is sort of out of out of pocket here, but I remember being at work and I was drawing house plans at the time, and I lived like a quarter mile from my house, and I and I just walked back and forth, and I just got the strongest notion to go home and watch TV, like. For my lunch break, you know, sometimes I would go home and make a sandwich and come back, but sure. I just really felt like turn on. As soon as I turn on the TV, it was there's like picture of, of them like yanking that statue down, you know, and then the people like celebrating in the streets, hmm. um, and that's how it felt when my dad died. It was like, 
like I don't I'm not gonna run into him at a store. Like he was that terrifying to mm-hmm. me. I, I joke with my kids, like I would have never overslept for anything if they could have made an alarm clock that sounded like get up out of that bed, you know, right. or whatever that was. So uh, yeah, because it's in a, a wild adrenaline shot. It is. Yes. My grandfather was a feeble 70-pound-year-old man, and I didn't want to go talk to him because I was afraid of him. Sure. And look, I mean, I I can handle myself. I don't. That's not like a, a problem for me, usually in most contexts, but I was terrified of that guy. Yeah, of course. So when my dad died, it was like the, the removal of all restraint, and I just sort of went wild into drugs and and as I look back now, self-medicating what was basically coming out of a very traumatic event. You sure. Know? It's taken me into the last couple of years, really in the last six months. Man, that I can't even, it takes forever, right? Maybe even in the last month, literally month that I'm coming to grips with how horrendous my, my childhood was because yeah. it was so, you don't know different. If you know, the worst thing that's ever happened to a kid is the worst thing that's ever happened to that kid, you mm, know, that's, sure. and that's, you know, it's yep. relative. Yeah. We're, we're, we are resilient, we humans, you know? Yes. So, and in that depth, I, I was, I mean, I was doing coke. I was showing up drunk. I mean, I was like teaching guitar. I mean, I was, I mean, I, I got like $8,000 from his like life insurance policy. You know, I thought I was rich. I mean, I was buying coke from dudes with M16s. I mean, I was like. This is, this is funny because you've told me about this portion of your life before and i knew you during it but we didn't know each other know each other yeah and it's still hard for me to imagine well i appreciate that or maybe maybe we should go back there but i had this apartment down the road here uh over behind uh mud creek baptist church Mm. it was like a garage apartment like a mother-in-law apartment and that thing it it was it was like yeah you think about like studios the Beatles were hanging out with where the stones were coming in you know, the kind of hangs they would have after sessions or yeah. like what, you know, that's what that apartment was like. I mean, we were like writing shit on the walls with Sharpie and yeah, you know, Those houses I mean, are it fun. Was I wild. hate to say it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and, and that you, you went to that apartment at least once, uh, at least once or twice, but I was, I was doing Coke and this, uh, one of my guitar students was an elder at this church. And I knew he was Christian, and I, I cleaned it up for him, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah of course. Kind of code switched for him, but because uh, while having not been church or going to church my whole childhood, it wasn't. I, I still felt the like, well, I'm supposed to do well, this, or I'm supposed, you know. So there was this because my grandparents went to church; they went yeah. to Methodist churches, you know. So what was I saying? You were talking about the elderly man that you were, te- or not the elder of the church. Okay, that you were yeah. Teaching. He's he sees that I'm having a hard time. And he can tell. And I get rough with him in a lesson. I say that like I was just frustrated and impatient and I, like was sort of short with him and like maybe picked up his finger and moved. And this guy was like a bodybuilder. And like he, he, uh, later on told me like he had to like sort of squelch his anger there for a second because he wanted to put my head through the wall, you yeah. know, with the way I treated him. But he had compassion on me instead, like we were talking earlier. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he started fasting for me. And praying for me, you know, every morning. Like he got, he already got up at like five in the morning. He was getting up at like four in the morning, and he like didn't eat for two weeks, and just prayed for me. And at, at the end of that two week period of time, I had this, uh, for lack of a better word, encounter while high on mushrooms in my apartment <laughs> where, I, where we were just talking about. Um, and that's that's hard for people to hear. Sure. Um. Later on, I'll, I'll tell you some, some connections to that. But 
Um, not saying that you're going to tell us your mushroom connection. <laughs> 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 Absolutely. It's creepy day. It's creepy day. I love creepy day. It's, it's too much mushrooms. Anyway, I'll let him know you'll call. So, uh, I had this like experience, like it was like a vision. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I saw some like images of things that were to come in my future that have since come to pass. I saw like just almost like like in a dream where it's like you can tell something something in the periphery, but you can't like zoom right it right in on it. I had some images, and then um, I had just a sense of he was with me, mm-hmm. and so I just sort of started talking. And waiting for answers. And, and and what I was getting to was, man, if you're so damn real, mm-hmm. if you're like this entity, this, this bit, like, let's have a conversation. Like, mm-hmm. show yourself. I don't want, like, reading some, like, weird paged book and, or sitting on these pews and I'm not really getting all this culture that I'm going to these, like, Baptist churches. I don't, I, these, I don't want to be like these people. This, this doesn't feel, you know, if, if I'm playing the, the game or if I'm using the, the lingo, it's, sure. it's just code switching. It's not sincere. Like, I want to know you. Mm-hmm. Talk to me. You know, I know you're, but like, if it's, if you're going to expect me to, adhered all at the time my mindset was adhered to all these rules or you know i need your help if you love me like where are you you know yeah of course and this this peace filled my like my whole everything mm-hmm. you know and i cried when i was a kid and, and prayed the prayer with billy graham but it wasn't like this it was it was a unique like he was there. Like I just had a visitation. Like I just hung out with him. He mm-hmm. made himself manifest. So he was like, came, he was Aslan that came from around the bushes. Like, so when we had a, a, a pretty long conversation and it wasn't like in the way that we articulate back together, it was just more like knowing it was like, you see in the movies where like they, the aliens communicate with, uh, right. you know, that sounds insane. I know, especially since I'm talking about, you know, figure Dave, <laughs> but, yeah. you know, that's all I can, it was, it, it was spirit to spirit. It, it bypassed my emotions, which is, I believe why the, the, the altered state of consciousness helped it helped whatever trauma response built up a callus around whatever that thing was the mushrooms got me to a place where he was like he could get, like, right pulled it right hey for I'm, you. i've not gone anywhere but you know he it was almost like he was like he, he i can't really do anything for you at this point if you keep doing these things like there's some bad stuff gonna happen i was starting to like dabble in selling drugs and i was mm. like having uh, just really i was going down a, a bad road you know mm-hmm. not not just um legally but just in it bankrupt an area i was a mess mm-hmm. an absolute mess and i took him at his word i t- took him seriously because it was like okay you, i asked you to, to, to show yourself and you did okay yeah and, and you you weren't mean to me yeah <laughs> you know what i mean you're yeah. you were just kind but also I have to tell you this. Nice to meet you in this way. You can't keep doing this or there's going to be like, I can't, it was almost like I've, I've held back all that I can legally hold back from Mm. you and shit's about to hit the fan. And right as I made a pivot where I stopped, you know, the drug use, um, I stopped, 
uh, a handful of other activities that were just destructive. Like it was like the the fire just nipped my my clothes. Like I got popped with some marijuana and then ended up missing a court date and had to spend a night in jail. And it was like shit was getting real. Like oh, I had to actually spend like I had to call my boss to, or the, or the pastor at the church where I played guitar in their youth band to come bail me out of jail. You know, uh, I was I was in in a rough spot. So I stopped some things and it, it showed me how close I lost my driver's license for like four years. You know, I mean, it was a rough start to, to adulthood. And in my mind, it was all my own shame yeah. of my own failures. Now I can look back, but yeah, you were just carrying that yeah. on. Absolutely. So from then on, that's, that's more, whatever that guy was trying to be, that's the closest thing to what you two probably met back in those days. I, I believe we're different versions of ourselves as you grow and mature. Yeah. I mean, we're still in there, but it's, it's almost like yeah. the Doctor Who thing. Like it's a rigid, like it's all those memories and stuff, but I'm, I'm so different than I was five years ago, 10 yeah. years ago, 20 years ago, you know? Yeah, absolutely. But, sorry to get emotional, but. Well, no, I mean, <laughs> whenever we have this, in, uh, we have an encounter with the Almighty, it's still, it's still in there too, isn't it? You're still yeah. feeling it now. Absolutely. Well, he's, he's here now. He is. You know, but I, you know, the natural place to go was to the church that this dude, like, hell, yeah. this guy prayed and he saw the difference and I started asking him questions and it was like. He was taking his whole lesson, buying extra lessons just to sit and teach me Bible stuff and want to talk to me. And so, oh, that's cool. I mean, he was really like I had never had anybody like take an interest, and he knew shit. Like I would ask him the questions that you ask somebody, like you know, and he would yeah. have answers for stuff. Like, and he would be able to rattle it off. And this guy was well studied. Like he he you know did his homework. He he loved God. And he knew him, and uh, well, naturally, well, wherever you're hanging out, that's where we want to go. Yeah. And we ended up going to looking back now. What was um, I don't know who's going to hear this, so I'll, I'll refer. It was, um, there were some elements that would be hard for you to not read the, the Merriam Webster definition of cult and not say that's what that was. Sure. It's hard for me. And it, it was a very natural transition into going from the trauma of my childhood into this trauma. Was, the, yeah. It's about, I was connecting those dots in my head. Yeah. Well, you could have told me that 20 years ago. And saved me like, I don't know, like two I grand in therapy. I, I don't think year. I knew the story. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you know what? 20 years ago, much stupider. So, <laughs> much stupider indeed for, for on my end. Oh man. <laughs> so you get involved at this place. Now you've just had this amazing shift in your life and this person has done uh, this fast and this prayer and of course you would go where somebody he's shown you love. Yeah. So of course you would go. And so now that's something that you weren't getting from your father. So you've had an experience with the father. You're getting somebody who is a male who is giving you this you know, acting I, I know, I know you're building to a point, but I'd like to point out that bipolars do love in very much. And that's part of why it's so, that's part of the trap, baby. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, that's part of the trap. Well, right. But I'm just saying, but, I don't know that the guy that was talking to him was bipolar. Oh, I thought you were referring back to his dad. No, well, I was saying that for him, because of a child and what you look towards for your father and what he'd received, then he has this actual encounter with the Father, like the Almighty. Because this other man has prayed and fasted for you, I know that the lessons are coming that oh, what he hold did— on, Hold on. I'm so sorry. Let's let Jim work 
This is gonna. Oh, let me come in. I'll have to come in. Those stands are actually not cheap. Also, I hate them. Oh, is it gonna stay? Yeah. Oh, I, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I've actually done that once, Tom. One time before, I've okay. adjusted a microphone. This <laughs> well, that stand, like, you just about have to vice grip the damn thing down to get it not to like. Ugh, I have something. a fourteen-year-old. Yeah. All right. Sorry. I can't, I can't have nice things. Right. <laughs> but the what I'm connecting is that what this man did for you. Um, I'm not saying that they're going to use that against you, but that's going to play in your in the next steps because now what he did it was almost like miraculous it was absolutely of course so from that point now when you go into this regardless what we want to call it cult or whatever it is you're going to begin to go all in into this am i right or no oh yeah okay so you're right in sync there it is i'm as close as i'll ever get to this approval that i need yes i'm Right. This is this is the way. This these are the people. Uh, there was, you know, I really don't want to throw po- folks under no, the bus. There omit was, or if you say something you don't want to say. Tell yeah, me. yeah, yeah. There's there. There were some good things to all of it and to all of them. There always is. And, and legit. And I learned a lot of good things. I learned um, that this particular organization kind of goes the way of. Uh, like it, church is a business, man. It's a big, big business. You know, it's, it's, and I own a business, so I understand that. Yeah, so rent's not cheap. Rent's not cheap, and it's not getting any cheaper. And, um, but also, you know, you're doing a service for people, but you do, I mean, Duke Power doesn't care what kind of change you make in the life of a soul. Sure. <laughs> they will turn it off. Don't ask me how I know that. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> they will absolutely turn, turn the, the power off. So, it, um this yes i was receiving something from this organization and that's what made it so hard to see all the dysfunction of course you know so i'm i'm working 70 hours a weekish building and starting a business and trying to make a living teaching guitar you mm-hmm. know I've, I've abandoned were you still up uh were you still working out of the music store or are you uh, are that, you moved on by this point that sort of that's a good question that's sort of dovetailed out i I was Uh like i kind of like truncated down to like maybe one day there and like then it was like i sort of just made the jump at at a certain point they were the only source of new work and then once i figured out you could like advertise on your own i was like oh i no longer need you i'm going to get air conditioning yes (laughs) thank you for the opportunity you know (laughs) so um I, i guess this was I moved to that little spot in the Parson, as you were talking about mm-hmm. earlier. It was like just big enough. It was about the size of this room, I would yeah. say, you know. But it was like had a big bay window facing west, so then the the air conditioner did no good for the time of day that I used the room because it was just sun setting in these like hundred year old windows. Yeah, so um, that's that's where I was at that point. Um, so the dysfunction in this particular church, my first introduction to being like involved with church, like on a regular basis was like, it started off, there was this one pastor guy, he was in charge and I liked him a lot. He actually married us, you know, um, he, he seemed a lot more emotionally stable and, and, uh, maybe a year into the whole thing, maybe two years into it by then I'm playing guitar for them. You know, I kind of, mm-hmm. I didn't do that for about a year. I just sort of attended and. Prove myself. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah, I know, yeah. They want you to, they want you to do like, you got to clean up the trash first and then you, before you, it's like, a, and, and I understand that too. Like, I sure. don't, I don't 
disagree with that, but there, it can be real. You know, we, we, we like to, we like our rules, you know, we like our hierarchy. We like to be welcome to the human race. We've got to be able to like quantify value of you and me. We've got to, right. So, so you, you amplify that with a, none of us are measuring up to that. That's why that terminology kind of rakes me just a little bit, you know, cause it's like, well, hang on. It's like, that's, we're not, yeah, that's that's not healthy for me, right? You know, with with my background, but that's that's the environment that it was. So my, meanwhile, my wife is raising the three sons. We've popped out in you know like three and a half years or something like that. So we went from, you know, I went from that environment with my dad and gonna kill myself at NC State to, you know, being a homeowner, business owner, family of five in like five years. Mm-hmm. I'm 24 and missing house payments and in over my head. I mean, it was it was a a thing, you know? Yeah. So they were like, we, they were a support system. By then we had like developed this family of people. So it was like, we're in the weeds, man. You know, it was, you'll put up with all sorts of stuff. And they would, you know, at the time I thought it was just such an honor. You know, I was, (laughs) the pesos that they paid me or, you know, like it was a lot of, a lot of it was expected to be volunteer, but they would, they would, they would do nice things for you and you would consider it to be a real honor. So it was looking back now, it was sort of just played into the same sort of Of childhood, just, you know, and eventually it kind of came to a head where they lost credibility with me. I saw, I saw like, I just, I saw it for what it was. And what's funny is they, like we had, I mean, these things were coming to a head, my mental health due to my trauma, my wife's, we were in this like boiling pot of this thing where you can't and you can't go because I'm at this point I'm three I'm kids like, things are tight I'm paid staff at this place the only you know I, I'm, I'm a high school graduate barely you know yeah. I, I I lived in the dorms at NC State you know <laughs> I had the audacity to show up for the like the chemistry exam <laughs> and the guy was like here you go <laughs> like he's like I don't even know who you are like he probably thought I was like some dude from like the street or something I don't know he didn't no, know me you're, you're the kid that they hired that somebody hired to come in and pass the test for him apparently yeah i mean i definitely got to look like you're not you're not one of you're us not from you know? here exactly don't, don't remember seeing you at all sorry that was a, i had so, to go there yeah so you they've lost credibility in your mind at i can't point. stay anymore and they towards the end the, the the mental health things that were bubbling up out of my life were coming to a head and i mean i was like smoking cigarettes and it was like a thing you know yeah and, of course uh you know or drinking alcohol or whatever and of, of course there's there's problems with with that go beyond those symptoms of the problems sure. but that that was enough to you know whatever like one-on-one mentoring that i was in in this organization like he felt like that was over his head he didn't know what to do so he just like without even i would confide in this guy and then he would like just come to find out he told the dude that lives like three states away he was like an ex-marine and it's like it's just picking all my goddamn scabs i mean oh. it's just like and so they, they send me to this like week long prayer retreat thing where they like, you have to fill out this application. You got to go down in your family history, your lineage. It deals with like the legality of um, like the, the spiritual rights of the, the good sides of the bad, you know? Oh, wow. But I mean, it was, and it was incredibly impactful. Don't, don't get yeah, me wrong. I mean, I, I, what, what brought me to the faith was experiencing him like for him. Okay. Smoke and mirror, whatever, like be, be that or be real. Or I don't, I don't, I'm not going to pretend, you know? Sure. Um, sorry. <laughs> it's, it's, it's emotional. And it's also, there's just, it's so much was happening. They sent me to this prayer, like counseling week. And I, I heard 
I had a lot of those same sorts of experiences with God, and like He was like sort of putting some dots together for me, you know, and some of the struggles I had with my marriage and with parenting and just me in general, you know, and uh, it was a really powerful time. And then we come back to this church and we realized how gross it felt. Like it was like these Christian people, like they didn't have an agenda other than we want to help you. We want to love you. It was, you know, there was a mental health component to it just by, I mean, that's our souls are what they are. You know, he's, he's interfering. He's, He's uh, interfacing with me one on one. He knows more than a therapist would ever know. Sure, that doesn't mean that that's a substitution thereof. But right, you know, uh, that's kind of how he showed me myself and him during that week. And we get back to this church and realized how much the dude that I'm hanging out with is not in like sections Z through you know W W or whatever you know like it was there's a lot of stuff here that isn't him that it's just people mm. and it's the humans man yeah the humans have been here you know yes. and that's that I, I tell my kids all the time the humans are undefeated yeah you know <laughs> oh, the hu- damn humans you know it's like it's the humans they've been here you know that's a that's a the it's humans a, are undefeated and that's it, funny it is well that's I'm gonna write a song about that one day but or get a tattoo but it's it's true but. Mm-hmm in both both sides of the pendulum there you know they can be incredible too is is to the same degree that they can be incredibly bad yeah so i at a certain point they're going to make me like the campus pastor i mean everything has gone on in this church from splits to like pastors like literally walking up after the songs are played like he's going to preach the message and then he like just walks out the door and his family follows him i'm like the hell is this like yeah. this, this feels just right like this is, of course of course there's drama you know the 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 guy that led the music was having an affair with the piano player and like it was, it was like all, everything that you would. I mean, it was like a caricature. It was like the Dana Carvey had to have been there at What's some that? point, you know. What's that? That that thing on HBO about the 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 televangelist? That's uh, it's uh, the righteous gemstone. Righteous. I won't say it's funny because it's really not my sort of thing, but it's well written. Yeah. It's probably more accurate than you realize. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Danny McBride. No, you have to send it to me. Oh, it's on HBO. Okay. Yeah, or Max now. Yeah, I'll be watching some Max. Righteous Gemstones. Okay. Oh, I've seen that advertised. I know. Yeah. I know. It's, I can... it's really well written. I have a, I, I, another person whose humor is very difficult for me personally, but it is objectively well written. Okay. Yeah. Right mm-hmm. on. So, he, so they were going to make me like the camp. Like at this point, there's been also like the 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 vice president of like sales at Kyocera is the campus pastor. At a certain point, you know, that's the dude that just told the, the marine about my my struggles. I confided with him in a one on one, like wow. you know, yeah. So <laughs> I they lose credibility with me because I realized like the closer I got to like the internal workings of how shit worked, I was like, oh. Mm. <sighs> And I felt ashamed. Mm. Now, granted, they were a belief, they were a support system, and, and I had a lot of good encounters with God, and I learned a lot. Yeah, and you know, at that but you time, started off being cynical of the church anyway. Yeah. So you've had this experience. Now you're back to being cynical. Well, I had this experience with God. It was like, okay, I'm. He he. Was, I wanted to be 100 percent open. Oh, this is what's required. Mm-hmm. Okay. I I threw everything I had at it because if it's gonna, if I one hundred percent remember the Jim Beaver that threw everything. That's and that was an intolerable Jim Beaver that my poor wife had to live with that Jim Beaver. Yeah, yeah. 
I had to live with that Jim Beaver. <laughs> you once told me that I wasn't a believer. No, let's not get emotional because I'm going to tell you something. It was it, this is an amazing story. We we were playing at the uh, South Rock, and we were talking about speaking in tongues. And I don't have the gift, you know, and I was like, I don't have the gift, Jim. And you're like, everybody has the gift. And I was like, I don't have the gift. Jim. I don't have it. I'm not going to lie about it. And you're like, no, come on. And then we had that communication. And I, at the end of it, I was like, Jim, I don't have the gift. And you said, then you don't have the Holy Spirit. You can't be a believer. And I went home that night and I was like, what the hell? is he talking about? Like, <laughs> I can't find that anywhere in the Bible. So I poured through it and poured through it and poured through it and tried to find it and never did and realized that wherever you had been taught, and maybe somebody has found some nuance in the scripture to be able to teach it that way. Right. Shade it that way. But you had it, you'd taken that hook, line, and sinker. And memorized it and was ready to debate and- Absolutely. In the interest of fixing you. Yeah. Yeah. But the thing that it taught me was that I was going to always refer back to the word and I was going to always read it for myself and I was going to trust in that to the best of my ability. And it didn't affect my relationship with you whatsoever because I knew, because I've had, I've had similar situations where I believe something so dogmatically that you know it affected a relationship. Being I right gonna, was more important than anything oh, else. Oh, God, yeah. I've yes, done that. Yes, I've done that. that so many times, being Ugh. so dogmatic. But I loved, I loved I you then, I love you now. I, every iteration of Jim Beaver has always been one of my favorite people. Wow. So Even, I feel the same way about you. Yeah, that's cool. Thank you. Yeah, I was gl- I'm glad we got to say that out loud together. That was yeah, cool. That's for yeah, real. Yeah, bro. There's, we're, fist <laughs> we're fist bumping. We're fist bumping across. One it's over with. No. <laughs> I might even kiss you on the cheek. I'm, I'm ashamed a little bit of that because I, I mean, you're not telling me anything that I'm sure, you know. Oh, I didn't tell you to give you shame. Of course not. Uh, what I'm trying to say is, I was like, just trying to embarrass you on the air. Well, that's that was that was in my writing. There's a thousand a thousand brown M and M's and what you <laughs> You didn't know that this, this entire thing was really just so he could confront I wanted you about you that one. Yeah, thing. yeah. yeah. <laughs> All, All right, and the guy shows up with like a dart gun. Yeah, no, it just goes to show you that believers get dogmatic at different stages. We all go through these iterations, and we hurt one another. Yeah, but we need we can still love one another, and still do. Well, and I really alienated a lot of people during that time. I was pretty intense. You know, I was also been there, done was, that. Yeah, I did my family. Like I alienated my, my whole family. Yeah, that's how, and that's, regret it. Yeah, I lost twenty years of my life because of it. With them. But now I have a wonderful relationship with my family. Well, I'm thankful. That's yeah. awesome, dude. Yeah. Well, let me fast forward a little bit and, and get you guys home. But the, okay. essentially, um, we we leave. And then it's like, I mean, I'm. it's like those people that they find in, uh, what was it, a few years ago, they found those those poor women like had been locked in the guy's like basement and they got out of the garage and like went and found a neighbor and it was like oh my god these people these these people it was i mean we weren't held against our will but but emotionally they knew they couldn't leave i it was like when i when i went to tell the dude it was ended up being his son which was a whole nother convoluted thing i didn't want the job to begin with but i had like he, he, they had told me that they were going to be moving in that direction for me to be in charge of this thing, mm-hmm. this, this branch or whatever of the, of the triangle. Right. And, uh, they, they chose their son instead, which I was fine with. But like at that point, I just like, it was sour grapes. That was like Frodo with the, with the wound. Like it's, you're going to have to get on the boat, dude. Yeah. It's not, it's not going to heal here, you know? Mm-hmm. 
uh, he, I, I just had lost all credibility, you know. Uh, and you can be really like uh, gifted and prophetic and still be really emotionally unhealthy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? There's For a lot sure, of very yeah. charismatic. Like I've, I'm sure there's there's messages that I've heard that are really that God attached to that God would affirm. Like I feel like, hey, that's that's for you right there. That applies to the, you know that kind of stuff. And that person have like really weird stuff going on in their lives. You sure. know, the, the gifts of callings of God are without repentance. You know, I didn't know that. Yeah, so, I mean, if look somebody at Jim, could, they, Jim Jones was that way. Exactly. Well, I mean, I mean this guy could walk in mm. and read your mail. Like he, yeah. like he could just like he had a gift. Like it, not all the time, but like there were times where he could read your mail. But he was also so charismatic, and it just picked that you know particular thing that I needed, and and I just you know sacrificed many years of my life to of to helping them. You know, working several hours, you know, hours and hours a month running their, and at some point, I believe keeping their little branch alive. Sure. Paying me pesos to do it, you know, mm-hmm. I, f- I felt guilty for taking, you know. Of course. Of course, you know, while I'm, you know, and, and guilting me into, you know, not spending time with my family and the, the alternative to like, I need to take a break from this so that I can go make more money being like, well, you have a decision to make. You don't have to run a business. You can go get a job like that. Of where would I be if I had taken that damn advice? Right. And, and the intent of that advice wasn't for me. It was, they need me because I'm yeah. keeping the, the lights on in this mm-hmm. place. That's how I felt about it, you know? So I go to leave and I have to like argue with the guy. Like I was like, I'm letting you know, like I'm, you know, I'm, I'm going to step down from this position. At that point I was, what did I think that the actual position was worship leader. Essentially I was a worship pastor. You mm-hmm. know? And the length of time, I mean, I was, I was one of the, uh, at least a big, big uh, part of, part of the leadership at least had my ear as far as decision-making, you know, I wasn't like in charge, but at that local place, I had a lot of influence, you know? Sure. And at this point, the population of the church had dwindled down from like a, you know, two, 300 down to like 40 or something Mm -hmm. like that. And so it was like me and a guitar trying to play like these like power pop songs in this room with a bunch of reverb loopers. You know, it was like, it was, it was hard to do. And it was really, you didn't want to invite somebody to come see that. And meanwhile, I'm I'm watching social media is a thing now. So I'm watching all these people that are like, you know, not as good at the instrument as I am, or not have as much talent as I am, like doing all this fun, crazy, cool stuff. And I'm playing like Hillsong to the, the grandma who's going to tell my wife that she needs to lose a little bit of weight. Yeah. Or whatever, you know? So that was our life. So we we get out of that situation and we're like, it it feels like the last, you know, several years we've been trying to figure out separating the meat from the bones because we had experiences. I know it's God, but you can't throw away the baby with the bathwater. I got really cynical. In 2019, my my elderly grandparents had had begun to pass away, the one and then the other. uh, And and right in the middle of the pandemic, 2020, my grandmother passed away. We moved out to initially take care of their farmhouse and, and inherit it, you know, in, mm-hmm. in a manner of speaking. So we, we moved out in about an hour away from my business and an hour away from uh, anyone we knew. And then COVID hits. So, you know, I got really like insular. I didn't leave the house. I got, and it was almost like I came to this crash landing, you know, um, mm-hmm. the business was doing well. I was making money. We, we weren't like having to fight about that. It wasn't a source of stress. So I was able to chill, you know, and, um, you know, COVID hit. I was glad. 
like great everyone like there's there's going to be no demand for Le- me to go leave anywhere. me alone leave me i was i was per- i could have gone on forever it would have been fine you know i spent two weeks in terror like i'm gonna lose my livelihood and had to like create like an online school model and like coach my not tech savvy like office staff who were primarily just deal with like you know personal personal stuff you know like yeah. uh, personality meet and greet and handling big stuff i had to walk them through and create that you know once that was you know and, and we uh got the, the crisis out of the way there it was just like i could, I could go on like this forever you know mm-hmm. and um so my kids start getting in, uh, involved with this church locally there and i'm like man they don't, nobody knows who i am like i can't i mean in hendersonville there maybe not now but there was a time where i couldn't go anywhere without running into somebody i knew whether it was a positive and with like i don't particularly enjoy having to have impromptu conversations. You know, mm-hmm. some of the results of my trauma, you, you'll hear me stammer a little bit. I'm learning a lot about myself over the last couple of years as I've been going we to therapy. Have, we have a lot more in common than you realize. Because I like to have the gift of gab and I love to talk and I'm on a podcast and all that. But I don't want people just walking up talking to me. When I'm in public... I want to do my thing, and I want to go back home. Like well, I, I'm you a don't want to, you don't want to be obligated to turn it on all the time. I know. Yeah, That's I it. know. I'm the same. I'm the same yeah. way, and yeah. I have people recognize a reason. There's a reasonable out of places <laughs> I can go to this day. People recognize. So people me who know like, me on this podcast, if you come up to talk to me and I'm real nice to you, I really don't mean it. I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, it's not. I mean, I when mean, I'm at home and yeah. I know people. I, don't I mean, I mean you know. out in public and it's not, I'll yes. run into people I genuinely like, but I just don't feel like deep being that guy. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, sure. I came to the grocery to store to get coffee, but that person yeah. was there. So I went to go get some chicken salad instead. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah it's, it's just awkward. And I had, I mean, running a business too, like you, you see the good and bad and ugly of everybody. Sure. You know? So I taught, um, a certain prominent, uh, uh, how should we say this? Uh, litigator for not litigator. Oh, yeah, uh, that's right. Uh, legislator. Uh, I won't. I won't name any names. But a certain uh, very right wing, very prominent um, local local. Uh, you talking about the one that came to my shop that I almost had on here, and you didn't want him here. Is that yeah. the same one? <laughs> yeah, same one. <laughs> I, yeah, I know who you're talking about. Okay, he's yeah. not in it anymore. Right, he's uh, gone. That's cool. Well, he. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I taught him guitar, and that was the first family I ever fired. <laughs> like, I actually told them, like, and that's his, that, when his, you're as poor as family. we were, his family, this person, yeah, this person's family. Maybe you cut this out of the podcast. There's a, nope. I'll, I'll tell you this. We're I'll gonna tell, leave it. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll tell you. Uh, so it gets a little deeper. Maybe. I, hey, you didn't say any names. Doesn't matter anyway. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Figure. Well, that's true. That's true. But um, yeah, the, the they were very entitled, and I was, you know, to tell a. Uh, someone that you don't want their money when you're living off of that paycheck that they're, I mean, you're buying diapers with that means that they've, they've become altogether intolerable. (laughs) And it was, it had to do with like money and when they paid and whether it was on time, some of the same stuff you hear about that, that whole sect of, uh, you know, yeah. At at any rate, um, fast forward to like, uh, last year I had like this uh, sign I'd put together. Like it's like PVC, PVC pipe, like frame like built and it'd been up for a long time you know and then like it just went missing and there was a big political like advertisement poster of this particular person oh really completely gone just gone 
Wow. And I talked to the landlord. I was like, you know, I don't know anything about it. Like, you don't have cameras? Like, nah, man, we didn't. Wow. They, somebody just took the sign down. And, they, and they, then another sign appeared there. And, and the, yeah, they didn't, like, lay it on the ground or, like, put it somewhere. Like, it was gone. Like, the dumpster, I guess. But I, it, it, was, it was, like, a you know, a little bit of an expensive kind of thing to just lose, you know. Sure. But it was more the principle of the thing. It, uh, anyway, I'm... <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. That's an interesting story. I didn't know that. Yeah, one. <laughs> I, well, and I got—I don't know. Miriam has theories because I got a little bit vocal on social media about some political stuff. Because, mind you, when all of that shit was going on, I'm coming out and healing from this, and like mm-hmm. I'm spending a lot of time with God. If I spend time with God, it's at home alone. Yeah, you know. But that's that's becoming like few and far between. I, I end up getting just really cynical and mm-hmm. really mad, and I felt like. You know, I, like I, I moved out there. I didn't play guitar for like a year and a half, two years, something. You like that. didn't play guitar, not much. I would pick it up and be like, you know, if I felt like playing, I'd try a couple. And like, oh, it's going to take me three weeks to get in shape to do that. I, yeah, I, all or nothing, Jim. You know, so. Uh, but there was a lot of to, a lot of things to do around this old farmhouse that had been neglected. You know, uh, that stuff. That's her hard stuff work is, is really great re- too. Yeah, it's really rewarding. I love it. And it's and hard I, work is great. I mean, I, I yeah. learned how to like. I learned how like combustion engines worked and like fixed equipment. And like, it was, it was a cool, like I have this like uh, elaborate, like storage creation for like my, all my yard tools. Cause we, it's like a three acre farmhouse out in nowhere. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Super jelly, by the way. Beautiful. Well, you, you can come anytime. And I would love, love to that. see Dude. it really. I mean, you, I don't leave this <laughs> approximate half acre ever. Probably not quite a half, but that's not the point. Our friends but, come take vacations at our house. You know what? <laughs> you should build a bonfire out there, and we'll come out there and just like hang. hang. Hey, you name the time. Let's do it. I've we got should a fire do it, Andy. Everything. I'll yeah. even drive yeah. and bring you back. I'd love that. But you know what? I I just did the same thing. Like you, I'm telling you, we have a similarity. I got very cynical. I left. You know, I I I haven't. I didn't play the piano for almost two years. I didn't mm. touch it at all. And then I I um I bought a building. Uh, we were I was a uh, I built like an annex, you know, on my company, Omnihawk, you know, the the hatchet company. Yeah. And so I bought another building and the man that owned it was like a hoarder. He he'd had it since like 1971 and it was just packed full of crap. So bad. And I actually had some time and I got to get in there and just like work. I'm talking like sweat, yeah. lifting, back breaking work, getting home exhausted. I needed that more than anything. Yeah, I needed to feel you. alive. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just to feel alive other than this BS. Yeah. My step count, you can, cause you, like, your phone started tracking it around that time. Like mm-hmm. you don't even need like a Fitbit. Like, I mean, it's probably not that accurate, but my step count like quadrupled. It was, yeah. you know, it was, it's, it's like a quarter mile walk from my office to the mailbox. And yeah. back. like, oh, it's, yeah. it's, it's that long just to, it's, you got to walk through the whole house and down, you know, it's a, I'd love to see that place. Y'all come anytime, man. Yeah. I'd love to do that. But so my kids are getting involved in this, uh, you know, uh, this church, and we have a, we have sort of a mental health crisis happen with, uh, with a, my, one of my sons, and you know, it's it becomes it's starting to become apparent what living in that environment as kids did to them. Mm-hmm as my wife has now completed a master's degree in social work right before we do this move. So she's, you huh. know, if she never works in the field right now, she's not currently working in the field, but if she never actually does it, it was worth whatever 
couple hundred grand we paid Mars Hill to yeah <laughs> so because she it, because because she has this like it was like perspective oh she was like a wizard yeah. like how yeah. did you do that you didn't, a wizard like she was <laughs> she true, was she, she just started she, my wife is is an amazing human being and she makes me better and, and all the other cliche things that guys say but she's actually the best human being I've ever met Mm-hmm. Like as far as if we were going to quantify and value virtue and and, and like motivation, well, we, we explained know? earlier that we have to do that. Uh, apparently yes. yes, apparently this is the way. Um, Your wife isn't better than mine. Well, fair <laughs> enough. You know they can duke it out. <laughs> Just fine. Uh, yeah, that's. I'm sure she's. Loved, I haven't had the pleasure of meeting. I know wife, that'll but, that'll happen someday. Um, but she uh, she used that uh, degree to learn and open up. So she began therapy not long after that. So my. Uh, there, there's some struggles along the way and we, we start realizing like how, like, I don't know if I want to believe some of the same stuff, like it, the, the separating of the meat from the bones become is becoming more and more like apparent, like, but we're not like ready to like be involved at a church or something like that. You know, it's and uh, my friend, Dustin, that I mentioned from earlier, he's, he's severely mentally ill at this point. He's, he's endured uh, the, the amount of trauma just from, you know, like, <laughs> like from one stage to another in his life is more than we understand that come to find out. And I, I won't go into the details, mm-hmm. but he actually, um, Dustin was, was so mentally ill that he had actually gotten qualified for ketamine treatment. At oh, the wow. End. Yeah. Um, and I say at the end because he passed away recently, but, um, I begin to like reconnect with Dustin. And in this time, my friend Dustin had the word atheist tattooed on um, the inside of his like forearm. Right. Like, but all the way to damn near his shoulder, like in big block letters had atheist. Like it was just black letters, but it probably took three sessions. You know what I mean? It was that yeah, big, just like a ton of, I ink. mean, it was just like, this is, and he, he had, I mean, it was a very similar upbringing to mine with the weird, like, selective moral high ground, like, yeah. religious shit that, like, what that doesn't even make sense. This is not okay. But, you know, um, his, his motivation for that is like, let's just save everyone some time, and most of all, me and my emotions, because I will not be rejected because I can't perform your whatever it is that you're right. expecting me to do. <clears throat> and, he calls me towards the end of our tenure there with this place, you know, he calls me. He's like, I really need to talk to you. And we reconnected on social media. And that's weird when you hadn't seen someone since like you were, I mean, you you like played Nintendo in their room, but they want to call. Like, it's like, I don't want to talk on the phone, you know, <laughs> like it, I hadn't talked to him in a long time, you know, um, we had connected like on social media some, but, uh, and he calls me and we, we were good friends and we, we had a mutual respect for one another, but we weren't like close, close at the time. I mean, I had sure. affection for him. I would have, you know, if he'd called me and needed something, I would have gone and done it, but we weren't close. And he tells me that he's had this experience where he felt immense peace. It wasn't high on mushrooms, but he had essentially what he described to me was basically the same for lack of a better word, and in endeavoring to sound as churchy as I can, the presence of God. Right. Yeah. 
what I describe. You should just always talk like that. Is that right? What I Sort of sounds like Bane, but I think my my beard needs to get a little grayer, and uh, I need to walk with a little bit more of a limp oh, from this. Oh, jealous of your hair, by the way. Not huh? I'm oh, not jealous you? of you. Think I'd be jealous of everyone's hair, <laughs> given my condition, but I'm not. But you have cool hair. Thanks, man. Yeah. I appreciate that. It, this whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me. More I was going to say it looked like. You know David Swimmer from the Friends. Thank you. That's I've I've been told Backstreet Boys. <laughs> I wear hats mostly. It's weird. I've been playing out again. Hey, I got you a Burroughs hat. Be sure to wear that I, on dude, online. It's going to be on all my TikTokies. <laughs> yes, I'll be having a TikTok. Awesome. Yes. Um, well, it became apparent what this environment was doing. Slowly but surely, we're realizing to the point where it came to a head, and there there was a. Um, Miriam and I had an opportunity for the kids to go like away for one of these like church weekends where they go and play and do the stuff. And they do, you know, um, and they'd been involved with this church and they'd been really kind and good to the kids. And, you know, we didn't really, we, we made our, if, if we didn't say it out loud, all of our nonverbals were saying, we don't want to be friends with you. Yes. We're here for our kids. Please don't talk to me kind of deal. And, uh, there's this one particular guy that was like his personality in mind. I don't know. It, it was with my past stuff and his, and his, he was very uh, charismatic and friendly, mm. but um, he introduced himself to me and, you know, we said hello. And then we had to talk about, because my kids were like playing in the band, even for the, like the whole big church, they were like, you know, cause David, by then no one, I'm my, my stuff's hidden under a bushel. No one knows. I know how to, play and right. you know, I was very content with that. I, I had honestly kind of really kind of considered my days to be over and I was just going to be like the, the, the old dad that fixes weed eaters. And <laughs> I mean, really, I, you know, I, yeah, as long as the money's coming in and like, I just emotionally, it was just, I just didn't care, you know, and I, I was depressed is what it was. And we had this opportunity for the kids to go away on this weekend with the church. Miriam and I did. Yeah. And, uh, they come back and the lady like wants to like talk to us. Like where we, it's like they're gone for the weekend and you're like picking them up at the church and this like big bus thing, you know, like one of these, these trips. And she's like, we just need to process something with you. Um, David was telling everyone on the bus, you know, they were doing like a sharing session, how he was feeling, uh, you know, uh, had plans and thoughts of suicide, you know? Mm. No, my wife's a, literally paid a hundred something thousand dollars to learn about how to deal with people. You know, you can't treat your own family as it were, but of course, you know, so she knows all the steps to take. She, she, you know, she knows like by law what to do, you know, like, and he hasn't like done anything. So she talks to him and she, she sort of gives him an opportunity. Now he's like dead tired because they've been up all, you know, but this particular function had an atmosphere that triggered, I believe, something that was very similar to that experience of his childhood. And he felt such strong feelings about that, that um, I don't even know that he, I've heard him articulate this. And I don't know that I've ever articulated it like this before, but I feel like that it, it, it motivated him to decide that I'm going to show you guys that these songs that you're singing, everything is possible. And this stuff is not true. Cause he had seen me come home and cry about or mad every son, like this son of a, you know, the, the stuff that I was putting, the goofy, I mean, not, not, I've just told you like the traumatic stuff. There's just, just day to day, just goofy crap. Right. Like, you know, uh, <laughs> he 
the next day he assures us that he's that he's okay everything's fine but he had just gotten his driver's license and mom and i are talking on the sofa and she's like maybe you go get his keys because we had taken away his car and we told him well, well we're going to take you tomorrow you know we took away his keys and, and he had to ride as a car rider and not like the newfound freedom guy and uh so this this guy that introduces himself to me at the church, you know, that I was telling about a few minutes ago, um, he forgets that he's introduced himself to me before, and I've been there a thousand times. I've done his job, you know. I, I, yeah. I know church people. I can code switch, you know. So he asked me who I was. I was like, oh, so so so, so yeah, that's my son. Yeah, I've been here eight times. You've introduced yourself eight times, something like that. He didn't get the joke. I think it hurt his feelings. Oh yeah. Know? But it was like it wasn't like it was. It was always sort of a weird interaction with this cat, you know, like I it's impossible for someone to see that. I mean, I've literally sat in the meetings that you sit in. Like I, I've, I've done your job, yeah. you know, I've done it well. I, I you know, yeah. but you can't like download that to somebody's mind. So like, I, I have a bad habit of like, just assuming that you understand what it, that I get, but you don't, you have no idea who, what I'm like. So anyway, I get a call from this guy and all he says was, Hey, uh, this is so-and-so I've got your boy. Now, I thought David had skipped school. I thought he was pissed off because we didn't let him drive. And I said, oh, I just cut the guy off. Where is he at? He's like, well, is it with me? Where, where at? Well, we're, we're over at the church. And I go to pick him up. And like I went in the front door and where's my son? I walk around and there's this guy meeting me. And there's like two or three people meeting, like meeting me at this like hallway to go down this to this door and and they're like trying to talk to me. I'm like, I don't like, I don't, I, I'm not going to give you like the cordial, like, hi, how you doing? Like my, I, I'm here to get my son. Where's he at? And they're like trying to talk to me and it's not sinking in what's happened. And I open the door and there's like a, like a room full of these people around the church. Like they got hands on, they're praying for him. And, and that just like, I'm like, what the fuck? Like, no, we're not doing this shit. Like yeah. the, the last organization marched my toddler around the room to show everyone at this conference at some hotel, they made me drive to and pay and play for peanuts that he could speak in tongues as a, as a tot. Like mm. uh, th that was like, no, I don't care what you have. And I said, come on, son, let's go. And David looks up at me and he says, I'm not going to your, like, he's clearly like out of his mind and i'm like what what is going on and it was the most like like blister peeled back like ross like it was like emotionally like i couldn't handle i was gonna start throwing punches at, at, at people and i was and i just thought for a second i was like they're gonna they're gonna call dss on me or i don't even know what to do david's out of his mind and i think for a second and there's he's been here for a few minutes so i just look at him and i say okay. And I turn around and I leave the room and I call my wife. Um, and what I saw in the room was, was he very seriously attempted to take his own life in, in a manner of different ways while he was attending the school and his was, he was going to jump out in front of a car. That was because everything else had not worked. So, this guy that introduced himself to me seven times, who I he came across as a damn like used car salesman to me, you know, in, in my cynical state. He's now I, I understand that he's a very, very sweet, like very authentic man. Mm -hmm. But it was picking my scabs, you know. Sure. That's a pretty awful visual. He was driving down the interstate, and this guy, like, he's known, like, a, apparently this group of people know this guy. He never doesn't take his eyes off the road. He's like, 
weird about it. And he says that the Holy Spirit told him to look over his shoulder and he saw just like right as it was coming through the trees, like the back of a ponytail of a dude walking. And he said, he immediately knew that it was David. Like David had played guitar two or three times at the church and he, and he turned around and went to pick him up and David was going to kill him. So probably successfully at that time. So that's what I'm walking into with, with this. And this sets a whole catalyst of um, events in my life. My friend, Dustin, about a week later, no, it was, it was like two nights later. So I've been, I mean, this is traumatic. I've seen, I've seen on his person, how he's this, this child that I've held. Yeah. So I have to take him to this hospital in Raleigh where they like lock him behind a door like a jail. And I called Dustin after they took him up the stairs. And, or I texted him. He was like, why don't you just get, come over? Because like, he, he lived in Raleigh. And I, at the time, I hadn't talked to him. I, it was, you no, know. Dustin, this is the one with the atheist on the arm. This is the one with the atheist on the okay. arm that had the experience. Yeah. Well, at the time, he had finally gotten qualified for ketamine treatments. And it was really doing him some good. He had good days and bad days physically. He had a lot of physical problems. But. I get to his house and just about every time I've seen him in my adult life, he's been like pretty much on a sofa or having to walk with a cane. Like he physically just not doing good. You know, he jumped out of airplanes in the Navy and it, he like meets me in the driveway and all but carries me in his house. He said, I knew you were coming. I've been having these ketamine treatments and I don't know who I've been talking to. I didn't know what was going to happen, but I knew you were coming like, like soon, like one of these days, like I, I didn't know what I was supposed to help you with, but I, I knew I was supposed to be able to help you. And he was there. I don't know what I would have done. Mm. Dustin had tried to take his life numerous times and he was, he was an old friend that I could trust that I didn't have to hide things. He knew things about me. I've never told anyone else, but my wife, mm -hmm. he was at that point we had become, he was my best friend. And he was able to give us some advice and he had to talk me through and like, I know this looks like this. This is what you need to, this is how you can be there for. He was, he, he, he really did, immeasurable sorry no that's a beautiful thing I'm hearing so he knew you were coming he knew I was coming and he coming. was ready he was and he was he was in the right space at the, the right time he had the fact that that guy had the capacity to have those conversations and he and he died like three months later it's like he stuck and he was miserable. He, he made it long enough to get me through. Like, I don't know what I would have done. It's like he was called to a purpose. <sighs> you know? I told that story to my therapist, and I was like, explain that to me. And his eyes were like, I, I, I got nothing else either, man. Like, 
Dustin never read a Bible. That's not true. He was off the chart, like intelligent. He'd read it more times than I. He knew it better than I did. Yeah. He was like Andy, like he'd call you on your bullshit. Like, well, that doesn't even, that's might be a meme. It's just historically not true. What you're saying, you know, but he experienced that same, like the real person. Yeah. Most people forget that the Bible didn't exist until 398 AD. So all of the early believers didn't have a Bible either. So I don't, and they had the Holy Spirit. Sounds to me like that's what you're dealing with for sure. Yeah. And that's me and you as believers. I don't know what Andy's thinking right, right. now. But I, without even explaining, I don't know, I don't want to over explain it. But to me, I've had experiences not like yours, but I've had moments with people and I feel like, like God is orchestrating something through someone. And it doesn't have to be some measure that I've set to what I think what this has to be God. It's it, it's out of it breaks the rules. Yeah. It breaks all my rules. Yeah. My rules don't matter. It's outside the box. There was a Muslim dude at the vape shop in Raleigh that like like he same it was like he just put his arm and like the he said some words to me that were I won't share, but it was like Yeah. They're dogmatically that shouldn't have happened mm-hmm. according to the manual. I'm not saying that I disagree with the manual. I'm just saying there's a perspective that we don't. Yeah, I'm just telling you what I've ex- what I've experienced. Of course. So the 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 happy ending to that is um, we're all in a much better place. That said, that was a catalyst for all of us to take seriously what was going. Okay, you know, all, all bets are off. I don't care if you say I'm going to wherever hell. What like. We're, I'm going to be there for these kids. Like, the, I'm not having that, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was a rough road. He went from being all store, like, football player, popular kid to, you know, he had to, like, finish his, his high school out in a program where they, like, rush you through or they give you they all fluff. It's all computer program. It was a godsend. And he, he graduated a year early. Mm. So he's now going to be taking, you know, college classes and he's doing a lot better. And, it's been a really healing experience for for me personally because the the culture of this particular group of people that that get together is is a lot healthier and it's it's been pretty profound and mm-hmm. there's been some supernatural experiences there with you know words of wisdom and words of knowledge you know essentially prophecy telling you stuff that you know, maybe you can't hear because of whatever. I don't know. God's creative, man. You know, he didn't have to make the sky blue and he didn't have to make the Grand Canyon look that cool. You know, it mm-hmm. could, they could have looked at a whole bunch of different ways, but he's an art. He's, he's, he's creative. That's the first in the actual, um, was it Torah? The old text, like the first word is actually like create. That's literally the first word of the text of what we call the word of God is creator. Like it's creative, you know, yeah. I can get down with that. So I've anybody really, that would design the sea cucumber, the sea cucumber for real, <laughs> and a sense of humor, right? Yeah, he's a person. That's, that's it, and I won't have it another way. I won't. I won't stand up and sit down and follow your little bulletin. Like, yeah. I mean, I'm not. To, I'm respectful, but I'm not going to pretend that I can't do that. I'm not going to pretend that that's real to me anymore. Right. I'll tell you what's real is Dustin being there for me, and, and <laughs> the love and the kindness that God. When I spend time with him, and he makes himself known, and the answer, and the the, the the mercy, like stuff I put myself in, that he very kindly sometimes lets me experience some you know, consequences of my own actions, but he, like the more I know him, the, 
the more I don't worry about like how I'm not worthy or this depth of moral bankruptcy. Yeah. That was, that's, that's, we, we dealt with that. We filed that paperwork and now yeah. I'm just, I'm already adopted, you know, I don't have to keep talking about, it. I don't have my pet. Can we, he's not bringing it up. No, he's not. He's not bringing it up. That's the dude I hang out with is not like, that's not that he won't address things no. that are being destructive. It's, and you know, it's like, it's like a lot of believers are like a bad stepbrother. It's true. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, the older brother, even. The, yeah, or the older brother. No, 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 no. You got to be yeah, miserable you, like we are. Yeah, you need to become a. Yeah. You know, one of these days you'll grow up and be a chemical engineer. I want no part of it. Exactly. I can't do it. Yeah. I'll be nice and respectful. Yeah. But I won't. I won't play guitar. I won't. I won't burn your your church down. <laughs> <laughs> I'll mail it in. I'll play like jazz chords. If we if we if we if we if we if we if we. Morning. This is the this is the most intimate that we've ever been able to be. You know, we've always been friends, but I've thanks for sharing that. Well, I appreciate again, I'm taken aback when anyone cares what I have to say yeah. about anything, really, but um it's an honor. And I I guess you understand now why I really just kind of wanted this to be the three of us. I didn't oh, absolutely I, you know of course I absolutely. Yeah, and I'm sorry that I like I didn't put two and two together. It's okay, man. It's yeah, I like I'm, I'm pretty know. good with the flow. I just I had to say that I, I couldn't I wouldn't have been able to this of worked course, out. That makes the sense. whole day worked out better this yeah, way. Yeah, I think so too. Just the whole thing worked right on. Well, normally if you'd been in the room, Billy Kimsey uh, eye candy. We, um, he always asks the final question. Okay, so the final question of your testimony: Where do you go when you take your last breath when you die? Where do you think you go? Where to you be clear, <clears throat> yeah, not where. Yeah, where do you think I think you should go? But where do you think? I think I go where I started. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's but, what Andy says. Okay, well, he's like, where were you before you were born? <laughs> well, you know why he says that because he believes it's true. I know everything he says he believes is true. That's one of the, my favorite things about Andy yeah. Bishop. You don't have you know where you stand. You know what he thinks, and I would take that a thousand times over the southern bullshit that we all grow up with. So yeah, that's you're a you're a delightful human. That's being. one of the reasons I love him so much. Yes, he's a treasure. You get what you. You get what you pay for I, at Giraffe Studio. To clarify, I, I believe that there's scriptural evidence, and I feel I feel confident and, for lack of a better word, I feel like I got the nod from him about you know before before he formed us in our mother's womb, he knew us. I I believe we're going back where we were. Mm -hmm. You know, like I, 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 yeah, you know, a, a newborn baby is already like head and shoulders smarter than a dog. Yeah. Even though they don't have the, the, the motion or the, I mean, there, there's something else going on besides just chemistry and meat muscles and salt and stuff, you know, there's, mm -hmm. so I believe, um, I believe wherever souls come from souls go. Well, I, I think, I think the veil is a lot thinner than we think that it is. I think that's where a lot of the, the ooky spooky, the spook, I think the spirit realm is a very real thing. I think people are, science is kind of catching up with a lot of stuff and they're, they're start they put names to stuff. You know, like vibration is a thing that resonate. Like people resonate the same. Re you know, like you're you're having a conversation yeah. and you don't like the way it's going. It's because you're not. But I think it's 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 what you know the old timers would call intuition. But you know, there's mm -hmm. a there's more than this than is happening or explainable. Clearly, yeah, I'm convinced of that. And I, I won't I won't argue semantics about like what's the the secret handshake and do you have to. 
you know, do you have to acknowledge that he was born of a virgin or can you get saved without acknowledging that? Like the, like the, mm-hmm. the, you know, the formula says to do, you know, I believe that there's value and uh, inherent value in truth in the Bible. I do believe I read the Bible. Clearly yeah. I, I rattled off a few earlier. I mean, mm-hmm. I know I've re- I read it a time or two. Yeah. Um, and that's no, that's important, but like I do a lot more just hanging with him. Yeah. Than I do like reading text. I, a lot of times it'll be like a principle. It's like an onion, man. And the, the manifold like forms of, I've noticed that um, yeah. there was an older woman in our church that, um, she just spends time with God, and she she doesn't she doesn't know everything about the Bible, and she can't tell you all of the different things, but she's got a relationship, yeah, and she just knows him, and she talks about you know she's a widow, and uh, she talks about how. You know, you just don't know. She tells the young kids, "You just don't know." Spend time with him. Spend time with him. You gotta, you gotta spend time with him. I think that's really where it's at. I think that's where we're headed. You know, good stuff. Um, just hmm. out of curiosity, do you feel like playing your music? If am I keeping you guys up too late, or do I? I'm good with it. If you are, so let's take a minute. Yeah, yeah, let's do it. I didn't realize. Oh my God, it's ten thirty. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for staying open so late, Draft. <laughs> yeah, I believe I go to heaven. I don't believe everyone does, but I don't think for the same some of the same reasons. You know, I think I think God's a lot bigger and smarter than yeah. than uh, some of the dogmatic uh, versions of uh, and interpretations of what scriptures say are. So I'll leave it at that. Right. Well, let's get the guitar. I want to hear it. All right. So I wrote this like sort of around. Um, the year right before I, I stopped working uh, in the business and I just went to working at home. So I did that before COVID. So I was already like transitioning to where I could live in another, you know, couple of counties over or away and not have to be there every day. And this song I kind of wrote and uh, it kind of, as I was trying to separate the meat from the bones, I've used that several times tonight. It's, realizing before I realized like how much of my own mental health had to do with the way that I related to God, just like it does with the way I relate to you or my kids or anybody else, you know, and how that gets in the way and and, and the need to address it. But this one's called Calvary. Myself, I tell me I'm sorry. Hard to believe, sadly, it's true. Looking for enemies, they're hiding about me. But in the end, your villain is you. So send in the cavalry, send them for me. Tell them to kill the one that's chasing me Lift up your voices now and tell me I'm free I'm starting to see that the enemy is me Mother dear, come, cause I need your comfort It's been 17 years, and I feel the same 
Been wrestling with demons and angels in my heart I wonder if I'll ever change Won't you send in the cavalry Send them for me Tell them to kill the one that's chasing me Lift up your voices now and tell me I'm free I'm starting to see that the enemy is me Then don't you break it, no Then don't replace it, no You fight all you can But you find that you're faking, no I need a hand is all Lift up my head and say it's alright Yeah, it's alright You can sleep Sleep through the night I say send them the cavalry Send them for me Tell them to kill the one that's chasing me Lift up your voices now and tell me I'm free I'm starting to see that the enemy is me yeah. Send in the cavalry, send them for me Tell them to kill the one that's chasing me Lift up your voices now and tell me that I'm free I'm starting to see that the enemy is me I'm starting to see that the enemy is me This portion of the Grand Old Opry has been brought to you. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. That was awesome, man. Yeah. Well, it was great. Yeah. Thank you very much. And uh, listen, um, I'd like to have you come back. Thanks, guys. I'd like to have you come back again, but maybe just kind of have like a little music talk session like that. And feel free to bring your and, friend. And, and I mean, he was a great... He's just great little add-on. Just an add-on, yeah, just, with yeah, us. It was fun. If you're, I, I, you're out of town, I know, but yeah, if you yeah, want to yeah. drop in, we, I'm sure we could shoot you yeah, in. Yeah, we'll bring you back here, man. I well, want you to come back. I'd be honored. I, I had a really yeah. good time. I'm sorry to keep you guys so no, late. No, it's fine. Oh, just, it was a pleasure. You know, the last question of the night is, can I have your social security number? <laughs> <laughs> Justin Justin can tell you that. Like, he can memorize numbers like that. So, really? Yeah, he's walking around. What's up? 592? Five, five, <laughs> <laughs> like, he's rattling all these things. What's this? <laughs> hey. I love you, brother. I love you, man. Thanks yeah, for having me, guys. Oh, man. Thank you. We'll talk to you guys again next time on the Burrows of Berea. Peace out. Hey, guys. This is Rick from the Burrows of Berea. Do you know how much blood, sweat, and tears it takes to make a podcast? None. But that doesn't mean that it doesn't cost a lot. And so if you guys don't mind, if anybody would like to give to help us with these episodes, it would be great. We'll put out even more content. And if you go to our Patreon page, just search for the Burrows of Berea. You'll get extra notes, extra episodes, and it's pretty much free. A dollar gets you a lot. Thanks, guys. You still have to drive to Maggie Valley. Oh, well. <laughs> don't, don't remind him. Don't remind no, him. I drive well. Uh, no one said I had to drive well. Yeah, I can. I got some little stout. It's perfect because it's a four percent beer. It's a uh, sixteen ounces.
For real? Yeah, we'll break one in half, and neither one of us, we'll both have the satisfaction of a beer, and neither one of us will feel like we did. That's, <laughs> that's true. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm sure you'll edit out what you feel like you need to edit out. Um, oh, I, like- I did talk to my son prior to you. So he's um, okay. That's and cool. I talked to him. Um, yeah. He made a joke about it. Like, yeah. like, like what I didn't get to say on the podcast. The drive to that hospital was the best conversation I ever had with my son. You know, like to this day, it was like, wow. yeah, because well, I guess at that point you just couldn't. It's all out in the really open now. Out. You know, the, yeah. everything else is like the worst is over, and he was yeah. like, you know, I just realized how he needed me to just listen to him. You know, he had he needed to be able to like not pretend. He he says God damn it all the time in my house. Like, it's we don't love it. You know, here doesn't love it. Sometimes I hear it. Sometimes I don't. Sammy says Jesus Christ every other word. Like it's you know, there's more important things. I'd rather have you, you know. Yeah. I'd rather have you here than you follow whatever <laughs> dumb yeah, semantic rule. Sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> See, I don't normally talk because when I do, it's like y'all you know, better put on this soft pillow on your chair. And I was so nervous to say all that stuff too. So I was like, my mind was just racing all over the. Sure. But it actually, we, we tied up every loose end. Cool. That's why I was glad you got back to Dustin, because I was like, we left Dustin, we left Dustin, where's yeah, Dustin? Yeah, and, then, and then you, you tied it back in, I was like, a, yeah, it's good. You always do, you're, you're pretty good at He's it. He's great at it, dude. Yeah. He's cool. big time. All right. All right, can you give me just a little bit of a check? All right. I'm going to shut my eyes and listen. Okay? All right. Yeah, absolutely. And you know that's true. I told Miriam, I was like, I don't have to do like any sit-ups today because I'm going to go hang out with Rick. <laughs> and, she, and she understood. She was like, oh, yeah, do you want like take some Advil like ahead of time? Or? <laughs> you know, some, some of the memes, though, some of the memes that you've sent me, Jim, they've been so <laughs> Dude, after COVID, I like in in some situations in my life, like I've really sort of just leaned into me and me. And yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So like Joel, key, keyboard player Joel, um, he plays a he was he uh-huh. was on that record with uh, I know for sure Derek's uh, Derek Stipe's record. I played with him on a couple of tunes. He was over, and that's how I got to. He's he hosted a uh, like a singer songwriter like roundtable. And invited me last year, and I brought Shelly, who I was telling you about. Yeah, and that's cool. They were like, "What?" <laughs> yeah, it was really, it was, it felt really, it was really fun. And she's just, she's pretty green too, so she's still kind of experiencing. Like, huh? They like it. Like, yeah, uh, yeah, they do. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? I think that's the best when it's raw. Yeah, it's that's can the you, best. Uh, so I guess let's Thank get you. back to where we were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like. Uh, right up yeah. on Okay. Oh, you know what I'm gonna do? Back I, away. Yeah. Strip, but I forget it. Mm-hmm. If I don't That's hear myself true. that much, it won't make me want to back away because I hate the way I sound. Yeah. So.